When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I want to tell you about the easiest way to get in the action on sports, and it's called Underdog Fantasy and their Pick'em game. Just pick higher or lower on your favorite or least favorite player's stats, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night, folks. That's 20 times your money. Uh, Underdog keeps it super simple with their easy-to-use website and mobile app, and you can pick between two and five players to fill out your Pick'em entry, and if you get every pick right, you take home cold, hard cash. Once again, between two and five players, you can win up to 20 times your money in one night. And if you want to get in on this, just use the promo code 10K when you sign up for underdogfantasy.com or download the Underdog app to get your first deposit up to $100 doubled by Underdog. So once again, that's the Underdog app, both the Apple and Google Play Store or www.underdogfantasy.com. You can type in the promo code 10K at sign up and get up to your first deposit of $100 doubled and start playing today on today's episode of it's a bit we're joined by our good friend michael russo he's the beat writer for the minnesota wild at the athletic he has straight from the source worst seats in the house he's all over the internet covering the wild and the nhl in general so a great conversation before the season with michael russo we're also going to go into our bits of the week as always and end the show by buying or selling things people places like they are stocks. So all of that and more on It's a Bit. This is the It's Bit podcast presented by 10,000 Takes. Burgeoning empire called 10,000 Takes. This is the It's a Bit podcast featuring boss man, wags, and journalist Jake. Journalist Jake's a bitch, motherfucker. Hey, you know those guys that do 10,000 Takes? They do some funny bits, right? They're good. They're funny dudes. Yeah. 10,000 Takes. You're hanging with the number one podcast in the Twin Cities. It's a bit with 10,000 Takes. All right, folks, welcome back to another episode of It's a Bit presented by 10,000 Takes. My name is Boss Man. I'm joined by journalist Jake and producer Cam. Uh, It is Wags' birthday. We'll give Wags a little birthday shout out. He's not on the pod. His girlfriend reserved him a restaurant reservation somewhere in Minneapolis that he said was fancy. So, um, yeah, he's not joining us, but uh, it is 3M open week, folks. This is the... uh, this is the one week a year where the PGA Tour comes to Minnesota, and I could not be more excited. How are you guys feeling? Uh, pretty good, but I think there might be a bigger golf tournament in town this, this well, week. Well, I think we owe, it might be bigger now. As of two years ago, uh, we at 10,000 Takes hosted the second biggest tournament in Minnesota besides the 3M Open. Um, we declared it the second biggest tournament uh, two years ago, so maybe now... Uh, the, the 10K Invitational is the biggest golf tournament in Minnesota. Number two is the 3M Open. We just need to get Scotty Scheffler to participate next year, and then I think we'll got ourselves a well a bigger one than a major. This year it's on a Friday. If we could move it to Saturday next year, which would be the most ideal day, then we technically would have the biggest golf tournament because the PGA Tour event cuts half the field after Friday. Yeah. So like 180 would go down to 90, and our tournament would have 144 on Saturday, making ours the largest participation number of people at least in a golf tournament in the state of minnesota and if you're playing in a different tournament this weekend no you're not because 
we won't buy that. That's yeah, not true. you're either no, at the 3M, you're at our tournament, or you're like us and you're doing both. Yeah, I think we should register. I don't know what the process is, but we should register or bid to have our tournament as part of the PGA Tour, um, but just for the second half of the players when they okay. get cut, well, and they can get half the FedEx Cup points so they can still make the playoffs because this is a push for a lot of players. I like this idea. You know how last week during the British Open, the PGA Tour was like, hey, we still exist. We're having the Barracuda Championship, and yeah. you probably know nobody playing in it because everyone's playing in the Open. That would basically be like the 3M, like, hey – the 3M Open is happening this week, but there's also the 10K Invitational at the same time for the guys who weren't good enough to be in the 3M, which is our entire field. <laughs> exactly. So Technically, maybe yeah. we're all registered PGA golfers now after this weekend. Yeah. You, you know, we should, know. We should, as a gift next year, we should hand out Photoshopped PGA Tour cards. And be yes. Like, you don't need a hat. You don't need a towel. You don't need a ball mark. Here's a PGA Tour card. Try to show up at the 3M tomorrow with this and see if they let you in the front door. They might. Mm, don't True. don't and don't look too closely at the PGA Tour logo. It may allegedly have one little alter to make it so we don't get a, a season assist. Right, but maybe, it's a legitimate PGA. Maybe Tour the logo. golfer will have like an eyeball or something, yeah. or like he'll have like one tooth. But you don't need to look at that because it is the legit. It will be the legitimate logo, and you will. It will be an official PGA Tour card. Yeah, yeah. Like I mentioned, folks, we have a interview with Michael Russo coming up later. Uh, but before we do that, we're going to go through our bits of the week. And even before that, I got to give a loons update. Oh, yep. Um, so as of noon today on the Minnesota United Twitter, they claim that they have, quote unquote, bought the Twitter bird from the company X, which is now Twitter. Uh, they claim they bought the bird for an undisclosed amount of TAM, which stands for targeted avian money. Is this like a joke? I'm confused if I was supposed to understand this joke. I don't know if the admin's just smarter than me or or what the bit was. But yeah, I Twitter for the web now has the X logo. And I did see another thread on Twitter saying that Meta is claiming yeah. which is not which is Facebook is claiming that uh they own the rights to the letter X, which is fucking bananas if you can just buy a letter. But yeah. Long story short, Minnesota United claims they bought the bird icon, and uh, it it just begs a question for us media members of why the fuck they didn't spend this money on Lionel Messi, because he just scored his first goal in the MLS this weekend. I was going to say, this probably cost just as much to get the Twitter bird as Lionel Messi, but it doesn't make sense to me, because the Twitter bird is like a little Tweety bird. We're the loons. That does not match, so... I better be a joke or else I'm going to protest. Yep. Even though I'm not a big Loons fan, but I'm still going to be upset because they're a Minnesota team. But that doesn't make sense for them to buy that bird. It's got to be a joke. If this is why the front office, this is, this is what the front office is spending money on. That's why we're 10th out of 14 on the table. Yeah, come on. on. Yeah, on the table and we can't get past a conference final. Yeah. Like other Minnesota teams. I have no comment. I know no nothing. Comment. You I know, know nothing. You know about nothing. Soccer. It, I I told everyone until the end of this season, if that's what they call a season, I'm giving the loons update. This was actually one of the beefier ones. I no. think it was a joke. I, I still don't know. Be. I don't still don't know what avian means. A, they said targeted avian money. A v i a n. It's like the avian flu. Is that like a is that a thing? <laughs> the avian flu is a real flu. So I don't know if it has is, anything is to do with con- money. Is that a country? Is that a city? Uh, a territory? You'd have to look up the avian flu. Uh, avian is like a city and or... Cam, well, you're the producer. Uh, look this shit up. Avian flu. Bird a- flu. Otherwise known as the bird flu. Oh, what else so is, we're, yeah, we're paying them in biological warfare currency. So it's exactly. got to be a joke because it's a play on... It obviously is a joke, but... Southern China. 
I suppose when you're 10th out of 14 on the uh, on the table, this is the kind of stuff you have to tweet as the admin because there's not a lot of positive news. But this one took a little too much deciphering for the average dumb fan like me. So, so I guess I guess by this logic, we're we're paying in Southern Chinese money, okay, or something. All right, I guess so. This makes sense. This cashes out. Yep. Um I, I think it's a, I think it's a legitimate deal. Or they were smart. Actually, we could still get messy. Listen to this scenario. They were smart by buying the Twitter, the Twitter tweeter logo from Twitter. And then they knew that X was going to get sued by Meta for infringing copyright because apparently Meta owns the letter X. Allegedly. So then they're going to need to buy the bird back when they're going to have to backtrack. And we're going to be like, okay, you can have it back for $20 billion. We're basically going to pull a Saudi move show up at Messi's front door, offer him that $20 billion, get Messi on the team, bring him to the Twin Cities, which is a place I know he does not know about. He probably doesn't know this ex- place exists. Right. And then we're going to win the table. Yeah. We're and then gonna we're going to get to celebrate a championship, burn the city down. We're going to get to do the whole thing. So maybe <laughs> this is a long-term plan by the front office. I'm here for it. Yeah, MLS Cup, by the way. By the way, when are we starting to own letters of the alphabet? Of course, Mark I told, uh, yeah. at Prick. And how is, like, Xbox? That's a thing. Well, that so was, he owns the X and Xbox. Yeah, I, or he owns pretty much. Of he the, owns of the he word. owns a fourth of the company. Yeah. And his buddy Bill Gates, like his bought, buddy Billy, yeah, his buddy Bill, yeah. he bought he bought the fucking uh, naming rights to coronavirus. Remember that whole thing? Yeah, or COVID, COVID, In 2015. whatever. Now this episode's gonna get flagged. But yep. yeah, oh, how how can we? Can I buy a letter? I, I which which letter would you guys buy? Um. Why? Because why not? Oh, uh, letters, dad jokes. Oh. Uh, I don't know. Uh, maybe representing my uh, first name, J. I guess I'd buy the I buy M, so then I can own the Gophers. There you go. There, yeah, you will. You would own. You would own the Gophers. You own Michigan too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, you and Miami. And then I would just tank them. And all. Miami of Ohio, tank them all. Well, no, because their logo doesn't have an M. Yeah, it does. Miami of Ohio, they have an M. Oh, they might, but I, the Miami of Florida doesn't. No, they have a U. Yeah, they have a U, but technically weird. their school is Miami. F- yeah, but FL is a logo thing. Yeah. Oh, it's a, if it's a logo thing. Oh, you yeah. technically own the twins too. Hell yeah. Yeah. Now you would. The oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. New logo. And then the early two thousands, late nineties twins. See, I would oh. do the M, and then I would just like like I would tank Michigan and just make them awful. So then every time we played them, it's guaranteed win. I would buy the letter S, and then somehow my lawyer would finagle a clause that says the fact that you put. A bar in the middle of it for a money sign. Basically, I deserve a royalty for that every time that sign gets used. So I end up making more money than the dollar sign itself is even worth. So damn, you oh, that's crazy. That we're we're giving investment advice. This is an yeah. investment podcast. Right now. after it gets financial for false information false because information. We Bill Gates did not buy coronavirus. Blah blah blah. Okay, yeah. he fucking did it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's Hold on. Speaking of that voice. One of my favorite things of this past weekend is the dude that looked like Alex Jones at the loon. Yeah, at the loon. Yeah, that guy. So you sent that picture. Like I was a yeah. little intoxicated, but I'm like, the next day, I'm like, oh my gosh, I never like that guy. I would have took a double take. I never take pictures of like people in public like that because it's fucking creepy. But I happen to look in the mirror, and I'm like, wait. It's that, fucking Alex that Jones. That guy did look exactly like he, Alex Jones, all, <laughs> all the way down to like the overfitting Hawaiian T-shirt yes. he was wearing. Maybe he was on vacation, and he he's on vacation in Minneapolis. He thought he was in Hawaii. That would make sense. <laughs> yeah, so funny. He might be crazy yeah. enough. He thought he was in Hawaii, but exactly. he's, he's in Minneapolis. That at was the awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Um, before we get to our interview with Russo, let's do a uh, bit of the week. We'll start over you with you, Cam. What do you got? I have the small injury bit. I might have shared like done this bit a couple years ago, but it just came back. It's like the bit where you always have some minor thing wrong with your body that like even if it's not serious, it's just fucking annoying. And yep. this this came back last weekend. So throughout the week last week, for no reason at all, my right ankle was extremely swollen and my foot hurt at all times. It made no sense. And then last weekend, um, last Sunday, I had an engagement party. One of my buddies is getting married, so we got a pontoon on the St. Croix, and we partied all day. Monday morning, I wake up, sunburnt as fuck. Uh, I got two cuts on the bottom of my left foot, probably from the river bottom. My knee's all scuffed up. Don't know what that's from. It's just always something. If it's not like that, it's a tooth pain or something. It's fucking horrible. Yeah, one after the other. That actually reminds me. I, I can relate to this. Uh, Friday, we played golf at Deer Run. And I woke up on Saturday, and my middle finger was so fucking sore on my right hand. I, do, I, I like I wasn't completely trashed to where I don't have any memory. I didn't have any weird shots, or I didn't hit like a root with my club. And I don't know. I don't even remember it. Like like usually like when you jam your finger, you know, playing basketball or mm-hmm. or, or on a door or something, you're like, ow, and you, you remember. You're like, oh, I remember when that happened. I don't remember when that happened. I didn't go to bed with a sore finger. I just woke up and it was, it's pretty much back to normal by now. But if you think about that recovery time, that was like a four day ordeal. Stupid. Yeah. yeah. And I, I played golf Saturday morning and it was kind of a fucking pain in the ass because my middle finger hurt. Didn't even have, you know, like when you jam it, you have like that little mm-hmm. blue line in the middle of your knuckle. Yep. Nothing there. Just, just, it just hurt. For no reason. No have, you, have you guys ever had a cut on the bottom of your foot? Yeah. It is the, it's the first time that's ever happened to me that I can remember. It is stupid. Because you obviously you like walk all the time, and like we play hockey tomorrow night, and I'm actually kind of scared. Like it's not going to feel great. Pop a bunch of pills, put a bandaid over it, wrap it up, and you'll be good. Well, to the go. dumb thing is, is, there's two of them. Yeah, and then it's, one is like right. Where are they, they on the same foot? Yeah, that's not the end of the world. True. Then. One is on like the big like, like where the big toe and the foot meet. So it's like right in that little like cre- crack, whatever you want to call it. It's fucking horrible. See, this is kind of funny because my family grew up boating at the St. Croix River every weekend is pretty close to where my parents live. And uh, my mom, as as a kid, used to always make me wear like those water shoes. And I always Mm -hmm. bitched about it. My friends never had to wear them. And I would cry and I would throw a fit. And like later in life, I've understood it because I have done the same thing where you walk on a rock and you fuck mm -hmm. up your foot. And it's just another one of those mom things where she's like, I'll be right. You'll learn one day that I was right with the water shoes. It's you same... should have wore water shoes, Cam. Yeah, my, my grandma lives on the Mississippi River. Like She has a houseboat and lives there year-round. So I grew up on the Mississippi River, and she always made us wear like water shoes. And yeah. I thought she was being overprotective because this is the sta- same woman. God bless her. But she bought me Heelys for Christmas and wanted to buy me like knee pads and fucking elbow pads. So I thought she was just being overprotective, but... Water shoes are the move because yep. that's your, not fun. Your mom or grandma was always was right all along. That's yeah, the lesson can, learned here. It can hurt. I I literally was thinking about doing a similar bit, honestly, this week because on Sunday night during softball, and I've had this injury come up before, but literally I had this scorching pain in the side of my left my neck. I couldn't lift my head up, and I'm playing outfield. So I don't oh. – it was just in the side of my neck. I could barely move it to my right. I couldn't really, couldn't really move to my left. Couldn't really look up, but like subconsciously, when a ball was hit out there, I would look up. So I'm like, ah. So I literally, Jesus. I couldn't concentrate at all. <laughs> couldn't throw. You're I like, couldn't uh, run. I, it would like affect everything. Monday was a little better, but it was brutal. You're I like felt so immobile. Henry Rowan Gardner in the beginning of Rookie of the Year, where he's trying to f- 
he's trying to catch that fly ball and he's looking up at the sun and he's blind. Yeah. And then he like ends up eating shit. That was you. Pretty much. Like I literally felt like I was paralyzed, but I wasn't really paralyzed. Like I feel like every time I moved or walked or tried to run or remotely even swing the bat, scorching pain in my left my oh, and left side of my neck. Another stupid thing that I just forgot about. Monday morning also I had like the worst back pain on like my upper back in the middle of it. I'm like, what the fuck is happening? I was walking around work just having people punch me in the back. It was the only yeah. thing that made it feel better. And here's what's sad, fellas. We're only in like our mid to late twenties. I know it's only gonna get worse from here. Yeah, you're only twenty three. I'm dying. You're feeling it. You're feeling it's like you're you're dealing with it worse than us. Yeah. Imagine had, in ten uh, years. I've had two torn ligaments in my right shoulder and I've ignored it up until this yeah. point. And uh I need to to uh deal with it. Luckily, uh, C-Dubs, one of our bloggers, Connor, he's a physical therapist down in Lakeville. He's going to hook me up with a deal nice. on uh, some some Cairo treatment. But uh, yeah, it sucks. And that was from playing one game of pickup hockey. My first full speed game as goalie, I made a really stupid move and I, I fucked it up. And it's been fucked up since. And it has since been seven months since that happened. No, five months. So yeah, just as an adult, you you realize you're yeah. not invincible anymore, and weird aches and pains come up, and I think we just have to accept that. Yeah, and like, and I just realized too, like I have something in my shoulder now, not my shoulder, but like up in like my collarbone right here, dude, it's just stinging. It's like we we could probably talk about this for yeah, hours. Last week, my shoulder that had been hurting since February felt great. Mm-hmm. And then out of nowhere, my left shoulder just starts to hurt. <laughs> and I was like, this is, is someone fucking with me? Like, is someone yeah. beating me up in my sleep? And the dumb thing is, is that like, there'll be like one random day where you have nothing going on. Like you feel perfectly healthy. And then the next day you like, oh, I have a canker sore now. Or, oh, mm-hmm. I have like a pimple in a stupid spot. Or, or, yeah. or, or during that one period of time where your body is completely healed, like you just are mentally fighting something yeah, or yeah, you're yeah. stressed about something else. Like yeah. there's always something. Yeah, honestly, I'm I'm just glad this year, knock on wood, up to the Tank Invitational, I don't have like a full on swollen elbow like I did last or year. Or you don't have a the... you don't have a pizza looking fucking gash in your leg at the state <laughs> fair. Oh yeah, dude. actually, there is a month till the state fair. So I you, know you could still get that hurt. could still happen. There's still, still softball. Go, you could still go back to back on that. Still have a couple more leagues of softball left, so that could honestly happen through my pants. Even though I'm pants. wearing pants, honestly, something's yeah, gonna happen. Do something else through my oh, pants. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. But no, I, something's going to happen here. I know in the next month, uh, some injury that I'm going to be dealing with at the state fair. I feel like that's just going to be a staple every year. I'm just dealing with an injury or yeah. a huge gash somewhere. Yeah, we're like the wild near the playoffs. We're never healthy. No, never. But we try to hide it and try to, to say we're healthy yep. like I was at the state fair. Like, no, it's fine. And it was just dripping. Well, now that we just shared how unathletic we are. <laughs> yeah, let's move on to you, Jake. What do you got? Um, I have the you're not that I'm not that guy, pal bit um so as i was walking into the twins game was with wags on on saturday night um this this drunk guy behind me i don't know it's like he caught he was kind of looking at me and then all of a sudden he was just walking it was like near right field and we walked all the way from right field all the way to left field down the third baseline where our seats were he followed me all the way down from right field just yelling at me about how much joey gallo not me sucks but he was using you in his sentences, you were supposed to be batting 330 for us, motherfucker. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. We fucking trade you for this and you don't do shit. He's like right behind me, like saying all this stuff. Because you were wearing our Joey Gallo revenge tour and, shirt, right? And with the jersey. So I was doubling up on the Joey Gallo, but it's kind of like the bit now. It's kind of funny. <laughs> 
But it's also like this drunk motherfucker is just, you should have been batting 330 for us, even though you've done jack shit for us. What have you done since you've come in here? We trade you for that? Just bickering at me literally till we went down into our section. All that's the way down fucking, from right field. That's kind of insane. And I was like talking to him. I didn't really, I didn't want to acknowledge him and turn around because I'm like, I don't know where this guy's at. I don't know if he's trying to be really funny or if he's actually pissed because he actually sounded mad. I'm not going to get in a fight with this dude at a Twins game. And we get, I, I said it like kind of under my breath, but kind of a little loud. I'm like, I'm not Joey Gallo. I'm yeah. not that guy, dude. Not that guy, pal. Like, it's like, but I, I've heard of, I've had this before where you're wearing a jersey and like especially like Kirk Cousins I was or say, whatever. You probably dealt with this more than anybody though, yeah. with the Kirk impression. Yeah, like that, but then going back to when I was younger wearing certain players' jerseys, like, oh yeah, and yeah, you suck. They say <laughs> you as in you're the guy. I'm just wearing the jersey because I'm a fan or I'm just wearing the jersey. But this was like took it to a whole other a whole other level, just following me. I don't know where his seat was. I don't know if he was with anybody, but he had two beers in his hands, and he was just fucked up, yelling at me about how much you suck and how much you've been fucking over the team, and you've le- you've been done nothing. You should have been better. Referring to Joey Gallo, just because I'm wearing it. It's like, don't you realize, sir, that maybe one little snark, oh, Joey Gallo sucks this year. You suck this year, you know, but follow me down, like, as if I, he, this guy had some inner pain, inner, like, inner thoughts that he needed to get off his chest. Um, that he just took about Joey Gallo specifically that he needed to take out on me. It's like he found the one guy. He was like waiting for the guy wearing a Joey Gallo shirt or jersey to just take out all this anguish on. I've had that happen to me with uh, – I used to love Trey Waynes because I loved him coming out of college. So I had a Trey Waynes jersey and people would just give me shit for it and yell at me. Yeah. Like, and they would almost say, you, oh, yeah, you suck out there. So that's like me with the Philip Rivers jersey, but everyone just laughs at me instead. Mm-hmm. But – uh. That sounds straight out of like an episode of I think you should leave. I know <laughs> where he he th- he's like screaming at someone, thinking that it's the real person. When in all reality, Joey Gallo would be nowhere near the concourse, walking down into the seats. No. He's on the field playing the game. It's hilarious because yeah, that's something that would happen in that show if you've seen it. This guy was clearly like passionate and needed to get this off his chest and was taking it out on me. It's like, dude, don't you realize I'm just some dude? Well, that's like all the – whenever we post the Kirk videos of you impersonating him, all the people who comment, yeah, Kirk, you didn't look great today. You didn't bring your best stuff. That second throw was bad and blah, yeah. blah, blah. Or like, Kirk, we need to get you out of Minnesota. Or like – it's always hateful stuff. It's not like – or well, I guess people will say, great game today, Kirk. Like, and though, But I think those people get it. Right. That there's the genuine people well, that some will people put out on Facebook, though. Yeah, like they'll put a paragraph like – op-ed like they're they're trying to write something for the star tribune uh with their uh, thoughts on kirk cousins and how i was bad yeah and some of those people like bob from maple lake might actually think that right. i am kirk cousins and, right and then he's putting out his thoughts there well this I, is a this is a great segue into my bit i have the coles cash bit which we're bringing back from week one of last nfl season so you know every year when training camp begins you see a lot of viral videos of guys Showing up in nice cars, flashy outfits. Um, I think it was Ramsey, Jalen Ramsey, like walked out of like a money truck a couple years ago. And then Aaron um, Rodgers last year. Yeah, was. yeah, yeah, with like the mullet thing. So, you know, all these players usually try to like to look good for their first day back at training camp. And uh, our boy, friend of the show, been on the program, Kirk Cousins doubled down on the Coles cash bit and showed up looking like an absolute dad. Which is fantastic. If you've seen quarterback, Julie's like, he genuinely likes the clothes. He picks out like he wears the outfits. Like he he blends right in as just a normal guy who's a dad from Minnesota. 
But like just the amount of I don't give a fuck that Kirk Cousins projects by just showing up looking like that, not needing to have a chain, not needing to have fancy sunglasses or or gold shoes or grills. Kirk just shows up looking like any other guy in the Midwest would for work. So I love that. I I do love like the the stories of the people showing up for training camp. Uh, I saw one today on Twitter. Do you remember Max Duggan? Yeah. The TCU quarterback. Mm -hmm. So he plays for the Chargers. And apparently when he got there today for training camp, he showed up, parked in like public parking, walked up to the security guard and asked him if it was okay if he parked in the player's parking. Like, yeah. Well, yeah, you are You're a, player. a player. Yeah, dude, you are. You, I don't know <laughs> like, if you know this, but you got drafted into the NFL. I could relate to that so much because there's, like, thinking about it, back on it, like, you meet someone for the first time or, like, you start a job right away. You're like, I don't want to make the wrong move. So you overthink it and then you just do some dumb shit like I that. I would do that. Yeah. I like, wouldn't even. Be, it's I, like your I first day that. your first day at a new job and you ask if you're allowed to use the microwave in the break room. Yeah. You just, like, accidentally ask if you could go to the bathroom. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you are an adult. So, so uh, yeah, you I, are I, legally I, allowed to go use the restroom. I would hope you can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, can I sit in the lunchroom uh, break area? No, but it's good. It's good to see. Uh, the Vikes are coming back. Training camp will be back. Um, Jake will mention it later in the show, but uh, we are releasing a Vikings line. Those 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 gritty Vikings hats. Fifty of them sold in six minutes. So if you bought one of those, thank you so much. You're and, just one uh, of fifty people. And if you if you need something to go with, uh, we're gonna have hoodies, t-shirts. We're gonna have all sorts of Vikings designs coming out this Thursday. 10ktakesmn.com. The shop tab is gonna have it all. There's going to be some other items there that I won't mention, but you're going to want to check it out on Thursday. My second bit is the I don't want it to rain bit. And this uh, this kind of goes hand in hand with our neighbor, Chris, who's the absolute man. But uh, it's funny because I was outside talking to him as I was mowing the lawn and I was just drenched in sweat. And I'd only done probably the first half of the yard because you guys know how it's on a hill and it's absolute shit to go out and mow that lawn. Mm -hmm. And I was just drenched. And he goes, you look like you're having fun. I go... Dude, at this point, I just don't want it to fucking rain anymore. Like, I was the guy all summer who was saying this drought sucks, everything's dead, we haven't had rain in, it feels like, a few summers. But now, after you guys have all mowed this lawn on this house, just it's just as terrible as snow blowing it, we've learned. Mm -hmm. um, I don't want it to rain anymore, because every time it rains, we gotta cut the grass again. And it's hilarious, because when we got that, that rain a couple weekends ago on Sunday, I get a text from Chris, the neighbor, and he goes... Sorry to ruin your day. It looks like it's gonna you're gonna have to mow again. <laughs> yeah, I've came to the conclusion. Call me lazy. Call me a fat piece of shit. I don't care. Whenever I have a house again, like, like not here, like I'm buying a riding lawnmower. Yeah. Fuck you if you give me shit for it. I mean, it's yeah. It depends on how big the yard is, but it makes well, yeah. sense if, especially if it's on a hill too. Like, it, it would suck. It would be stupid if it's a really tiny yard. And well, you yeah. See yourself on a tractor. Out <laughs> You're there. just in a trailer park. Yeah. Jeez. If you if you guys think about how much it sucked to snow blow that driveway, like now you have to push the lawnmower up that same thing like five times as many times because the driveway is like what uh, it takes up maybe one one yep. twentieth of the front yard. Yeah. Also, so, we're in full agreement. We're moving in November. If it somehow snows, we're not snowblowing. No. Just let it go. No. Oh, no. It, it's not, legally, it's not it's our not, problem anymore. Mark Rosen. Problem. I don't think Mark Rosen will come over in that time period, so we should be no, okay. We'll, well be hopefully our, our new studio will have an elevator, so Rosie yeah, should be safe should next be time. Yeah, there's street parking. The city will take yeah. care of the snow outside right. of the studio, so we'll be fine. But the, the, whole, the whole, I think the funniest part about this bit of the um, I don't want it to rain bit is that like, 
our neighbor's in on it now too and like feels bad for us when it rains because he knows how much our yard sucks and how much we hate to push mow it. So yeah. shout out to Chris for uh, sympathizing with us. He, he emphasizes, he, he understands what we're going through. So it's very traumatic, it. man. I mean, I'm, I'm, I, it's, it's going to haunt me till the day I die is mowing, just doing anything around this house because it's, it's a pain in the ass. Yeah. The, the, the structure the uh, topography of this yard, yeah. I should say, has been it's kind of brutal. The dumbest thing is, too, though, like, since we rent, we hate it. If I own this house, I would love to. Totally yard. different. It would yeah. be great. Oh, it's, but, a, it's a great yard. It would be a great like, project. Yeah, but we're now mowing, I'm like, we're mowing someone else's yard. Yeah, like, I'm doing work for someone else. I'm yeah. a slave to the man. I, mean, I know yeah, I'm not exactly. going to be here for, like, you know, if you buy a house, you know you're going to be there for at least five years or ten years. Well, and if you, take, if you take care of that lawn and you sell that house in the summer, exactly. like, that increases the value. Like, look, I've equity. taken care of this yard. Equity. Yeah, that's that we don't have no equity in Insurance. this house. Because we have no equity in this house because we don't own it. Exxon so. Mobil stock price. Exxon Mobil stock prices. Investments. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, this funny. seems like a dumb enough spot to uh, cut to the interview with Michael Russo, so uh, let's take a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back. Are you all getting hyped for the Minnesota Vikings season, just like we are? Well, we are releasing a 10K Takes Vikings Minnesota Vikings-themed merch line on Thursday, July 27th, so a day after this, this episode of the podcast is released, or if you're listening to it, well, after July 27th, well, then it's live. But live on January, July 27th, Thursday, our Vikings-themed merch line is out. We got a cool Vikings logo, gritty-style T-shirt, sweatshirt. Um, we got some other fantastic Vikings-themed merch on there as well, as well as a God Bless Kirk Cousins-themed shirt. You'll just have to find out for yourself to see what's on that shirt. But anyway, if you go to 10ktakesmn.com, go to the Shop tab, you'll see everything that you'll need to see regarding our Minnesota Vikings themed merch line from 10k takes you do not want to miss it so go to 10ktakesmn.com click on the shop tab on july 27 thursday our vikings merch theme line is launching so do not miss getting your vikings theme merch for the upcoming season welcome back to it's a bit folks we're joined by a very special guest recurring guest friend of the show we got michael russo he's the minnesota wild and nhl journalist for the athletic he hosts a few podcasts straight from the source and Worst Seats in the House, which you just had Jacob Middleton on. That was a great episode, listening to him kind of talk about riding bikes and, and uh, playing yeah. golf and everything. But uh, it's good to see you again, Mike. How, how you been? You just got back from Italy, but you're back on the grind? Yeah, uh, yeah, I would say halfway on the grind, right? I mean, there's not a lot going on right now. Uh, you know, big news today was uh, they named uh, Billy Guerin president of Hockey Ops. Just adds the title. Uh, to his already, uh, you know, uh, uh, cool, cool job. Really, no, really responsibility changes, but it's just, uh, you know, uh, in terms of recognition and things like that. That's the big reason why he got the uh, the promotion. But, but also, I mean, you know, the way that that teams poach other teams' GMs now is by offering that, you know, flashy, cool title. And we saw that just happen with Pittsburgh and. You know, it wouldn't shock me if Pittsburgh was even interested in bringing Billy Guerin back before Kyle Dubas was available. And I think that's one big reason why Craig wants to ensure that Billy's here uh, for a long, long time. So that's big news. But in terms of crying, no, I'm pretty much got a ton of vacation still coming up. Uh, going to Hawaii next month. I'm going to, uh, it's a work trip, but I'm going to Sweden for four days. Uh, going to Charleston for a couple days for a Trampled by Turtles concert. Nice. Uh, so that'll be a blast. Nice. Well, yeah. I so basically giving him the title of president of hockey ops just like locks him down a little more securely, so that 
no one else can touch him or at least can try to touch him as 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 aggressively like they did with Dubas. Yeah, I think that's the big reason, and I'm sure he doesn't want to go anywhere. I know this is his dream job. Loves coming on ten thousand takes. That's his yeah. uh, favorite podcast. Uh, right after the right after straight from the source, of course. Of course, yeah. Um, well, yeah. He, he's more of a regular <laughs> guest on your show, which makes sense considering you're a legitimate journalist. But we're actually but we have <laughs> drums at our house. We're also we're also good friends with his uh, with his son Liam, and have ran yeah. at, at multiple bars. So we're <laughs> we're working some other angles with the family. That I don't know if you've you've locked down yet. No, I think I told you guys that like the last time I was on with you is that uh, Liam's a huge fan of yours. You can see every single thing that you guys post. The first like right there, yeah. is Liam. Garrett, so. Liam. So, well, uh, and also, so, yeah. and also, Bill. Bill always told us like I'm surprised you guys don't run into my son more often when you're out and about. And <laughs> we just started running into him, yeah. and sure enough, now he usually gets the invite when we're heading to Maynard's or Cowboy Jacks. So, right, he's a good dude. Yeah, he. Great uh, dude. Yeah, he bought us. Yeah, he, he bought us a couple of drinks, or you know, one of the times we were out, and we were talking to Bill about that, and he's like, "You guys, you're buying them drinks. Yeah, what are you doing?" And we were like, "Well, we're assuming you're using your card, right?" And he goes, "I fucking hope." Yeah, not. yeah. He's like, "Cause I don't know how many drinks he's buying." Yeah, I know it's good. So just to tell you what type of guy Billy Garen is, so the, when he was hired here in 2019, I was actually in Cabo. Uh, sorry, Cancun, and well, one of the two, yeah. uh, Cabo actually, and uh, so you know, I've been working the story for three weeks, wrote the, you know, the, the news story from down there that he was hired. Um, but you know, I missed the press conference and I texted him and I said, Hey, any chance that you'd meet with me? And so the day after his press conference, he gave me a one-on-one. And so we did this one-on-one like Q and a, I turned it into two parts. One was all family and the other was just his visions for the wild. Um, for the family part, his uh, son, one of his daughters and his wife came down. We were meeting at the St. Paul grill bar. And uh, so the last thing I said to the, to the family was, I'm like, hey, I need a couple family pictures. You know, can you make sure you get that? It'll really color- make the, the story colorful. And all of a sudden, Liam Guerin pipes up. He goes, do you want shirtless or with a shirt on? <laughs> and that's when, I, that's when I knew that this kid, he was, a, he was a confident kid, very much like his father was when he was a player. Yeah, spitting image. Wow. Yeah. Well, like, you know, then it was a good fit when his son's saying that, too. Like, this family belongs in Minnesota. Right. Exactly. And it's, it's funny because while, while we're on the subject of Billy, um, you posted that article today on The Athletic. By the way, the best best money you can spend a month is uh, is reading Russo and Joe Smith tackle all the inner workings of the wild, along with all your other teams But uh, um, with The Athletic. But you wrote the article about Billy's uh, title upgrade, and uh, he mentioned a meme called, quote-unquote, it's been zero days since a Minnesota sports team hurt me. Did you know that we not only created that meme, but we also sold that on a T-shirt? Uh, no, I did not know that. Uh, but that is not a shock to me that, that that's where Billy has seen that. I'm sure his son has showed it to him a bunch. Yeah, so it it was just funny because a, a few people texted me that, and they were like, oh, shit, like that's that's our meme, and that's like the T-shirt <laughs> we sold. We actually have one specifically about the Vikings because it happens to them just as often. But I, I, I kind of, that jumped out when I was reading your article on the page when I saw that, I'm like, Oh yeah, that's one of those like depressing memes we post after we eventually lose in the, the first round of the playoffs. Yeah. So. We have it queued up. We have <laughs> yeah. it scheduled. It's pretty much scheduled. Yeah. yeah and then we're like, yeah, seriously. Yeah. yeah. But no, that, what is it? What I, I, I've written it so much. It's like 171 straight seasons of lose of uh, no championships here in Minnesota since 91. Yeah, yeah if, you, um, if you can count as many years back to 91, then yeah, you, yeah. you got it. Yeah. But that was, a, you know, to me, that was one of the coolest parts of the story was Billy talking about that history and him like, you know, look, 
I think that all of us that have been around for a long time, we have this, you know, context of, of what it's like to be a fan here. So it's like, if there, if a season doesn't end in a championship or an ends in a first round exit, it just c- compounds to all the others where Billy's been here for four years. Two of them really were weird pandemic years. And so he's trying to build this team over the hump uh, uh, with, you know, uh, as he says, one hand tied behind his back with the, with the buyout charges. And I think that he's starting to realize that, look, this is part of the thing that the things that he's trying to tackle here with the fan base is, is that every time that they don't advance past the first round or go in the championship, that it's just felt like another disappointment. And, you know, what he said that I thought was really uh, appropriate is that he's like, look, I get it. I was a Red Sox fan growing up and a hundred years before they won a championship again. And so I think he realizes now uh, what it's like to be the GM and now the president of Hockey Ops in Minnesota. And trust me, uh, between Craig Leopold and Bill Guerin, um, those two want to deliver the fan base uh, a championship, but it is going to take some patience and some time. I know fans don't want to hear that, um, but they have a ton of prospects coming up. They want to obviously get these prospects to a point where um, they could be impactful players here. Then when that buyout pain is over, you supplement that with a couple maybe free agent pickups and things like that. Well, there was a couple people, well, more than a couple people after we lost in the first round again this year saying, you know, people would say would would bring it up, and it's I think it's a valid reason that yeah, his hands are tied behind his back because we have the Parisi Suter buyouts and or not buy yeah buyouts and the the salary kits and everything. And there are people that have said that's just an excuse. Well, this I'm, is no reason they've lost in the playoffs. Blah blah blah. Bill needs to be held accountable. I'm glad he brought it up this year to the media. Yeah, because he's being transparent. While while it was a decision him and the rest of the ownership made. It's the elephant in the room. It's a true fact. You yeah. can't ignore it. I mean, I know that you don't want to make up excuses, but... But it's literally it inhibiting is, the cap yeah, space. Right. It's, it's a physical thing. It's not like yeah. a Kirk Cousins argument or all this, like that just it's in the air, like it, it's up for, it's subjective. This is actual concrete data we're talking about here. There's yeah, evidence for it's this. It's a lot of money, so... It drives me nuts yeah, when I mean, someone it, says that. The, wild, the Wilder last year spent $12.7 million less than every other team in the league had the ability to. And the next two years, it's going to be fourteen point seven. Now, there are people that say that's self-imposed, but you know, as I wrote today in the story, I went back to a story that I wrote in twenty twenty when uh, he almost traded Zach Parise to the Islanders. It fell apart at the last minute, but I think Zach Parise is not going to retire this summer. Uh, you know, it doesn't make sense that somebody wired like him would retire after a twenty goal season. But the reality is that we're doing this podcast on July twenty fifth, and at least publicly, Zach Parise has not resigned. So right now, just imagine if he had traded the, him to the Islanders that year, Bill Guerin and the Wild fan base would be freaking the heck out worrying if Zach Parise was going to retire because of the cap recapture. If he retires tomorrow and he was traded in 2020 to the Islanders, the Wild would immediately have to get rid of $9.5 million worth of players or a player. And if that happened next year, if Zach retired next year, it'd be 19.7 million. So Jesus. abruptly, out of the blue, without expecting it, the Wild in the middle of the offseason would have to shed that type of salary in a league where there, you can't just buy out players if there's not a second window. It's, it's not easy. And, um, and you're just eating at your team. So, look, it was self-imposed, but what he chose was the cost certainty of knowing this is exactly, we've cut ties, hands are clean, this is what our cap situation is these next really eight years, but you know, the four painful years. And then, and then, you know, then you go out and start operating like the other 31 teams in the league. But um, you know, that, that is just reality. 
is that if, if, if Parisi was traded a couple of years ago and he retired now, the Wild would be absolutely, you know, up shit's creek. Yep. So, yeah, I, th- I think it was the right decision at the time, but it drives me nuts when people say that's an excuse and or whatever when we're talking about Parisi, Suter. I don't think they know what they're well, talking here, about. I mean, look, I was talking to a, a player about this yesterday. The Wild, with all due respect to him, when Eric Sinek and Brian Hartman were hurt in the playoffs, Sam Steele was the number one center on this team. When Joe Pavelski went out for the Dallas Stars, they moved Tyler Sagan up, and Tyler Sagan was on the number one power play, a $9 million hockey player. That's where you find the difference between the Wild right now and the other 31 teams. The Wild did a great job all year accruing cap space to the point that they could go out and buy at the deadline, and they added three or four players. Um, but it, the reality is is that where it really showed the lack of depth for this team was in the playoffs when they did not have that extra really top-notch player to make up for the Eric Snacks and the Hartmans who were hurt. And so, um, it, you know, excuse or not, it, I mean, you know, excuses sometimes are real. And you might look at it as an excuse, but the reality is if the Wild go into that playoff series and they're healthy and they got Eric Snack out there and they got a healthy Ryan Hartman and Kaprizov didn't get hurt in Winnipeg with only two practices under his belt going to the playoffs, and Zuccarello was sick as a dog, and if Goudreau and, and uh, Bellino didn't have, to, you know, sport turnias and all this stuff, but Middleton was had a shoulder labrum injury. I mean, there, there's just a gazillion reasons why the Wild, um, against an extremely healthy Dallas team up until Pavetsky's injury, lost that playoff series, and it's two years in a row. Where again, excuses or not, the Wild absolutely went into the playoffs uh, because of their unbelievable amount of injuries going into the playoffs, and and uh, and it was a huge, it was a huge, huge problem going into this postseason. Yeah, and and that's kind of been a broken record the last few years is injuries going into the yeah. playoffs. There's nothing you can decade. do about it, but um, and that is yeah. and that's why down the stretch uh, they made the decision, and you know again I think it hurt them going into the playoffs. Where they just sat out a bunch of guys going in and played all the minor leaguers, the Damian Giroux and players like that. Um, and I do think it took them out of their mojo. And I, but they were, you know, behind the scenes, they knew they had this laundry list of of crazy amounts of injuries. And uh, unfortunately, I mean, even the Vegas series, you know, they're playing Game Seven, and the one player that they could, that there were two players they could not afford to lose that postseason. It was Eric Sinek again and Jonas Berdine. Jonas Berdine gets hurt five minutes into the game, has gone for the game, and Eric Sinek's playing on a sprained MCL of the game. It's like they just, every single time, they need to be completely running on our soldiers. They've got just a laundry list of, of major problems that really just going up screwing them in the end. Yeah. Well, you know, we, we've already talked your articles. We've already talked our memes. Uh, a quick question for you is when can the two worlds collide? What does it take to have one of our tweets embedded in a famous Michael Russo athletic piece, and uh, oh, I could, uh, I, I, as long as it's uh, on the up and up and not going to get me fired, I'm more yeah. than willing to do it. So I was going to say, anytime are, you, are we able yeah, to bribe anytime, you with with wine or whiskey or something like that? Is that if, if yeah. that's what it costs? Yeah, I'll I'll take the wine and the whiskey. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no. Anytime you have a tweet out there that you want embedded that you think that it will not get me fired, uh, send it my way, and I'll. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll consider it. You'll put it through the editorial review. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. send it to Bill Garrett. Um, there you there was it. like there was somebody that I was always embedding the last couple of years, um, and all of a sudden on deadline this year, like out of the blue, I got a message from an editor. It was like, uh, what is the deal with this Twitter account's name? And it was like one of those things I never even really 
like noticed or cared about or anything like that. And, and, you know, it was like this quick reminder that you need to make sure that everything on our site is very, very professional and not causing problems and controversies. And so, unfortunately, that person, I haven't been able to embed their tweets ever again. I think, uh, hypothetically speaking, uh, come tomorrow, let's say we tweet out breaking news. Marc-Andre Fleury traded back to Pittsburgh to wrap up his career. I think you should just automatically take that as fact and you know, no, surround the, your entire article yeah. around that one tweet, and then we'll get embedded. Everything we'll give you some wine or whiskey, and you'll be good to go. Yeah, yeah. Everything By the way, the you just made true. me nervous if that's true. Oh, now no. i got to do a little – now I'm going to have to bother Bill Garen on uh, the, yeah, you, the East you're, Coast. You're asking now, like, what do we know? Why would I bring that yeah. up? Exactly. You, know? you just had Garrett on the pod. You're friends with Liam. Something's up here. Um, I'm going to have to tell him that 10,000 takes is recording uh, this, and we'll see what he we're says. The, uh, we're the scoop now. Like It's it's going to be almost like a, an Ian Rappaport moment where he says, mm-hmm. per Schefter, this just happened. You're going to be like, per 10K, Flurry is now heading back to Pittsburgh for his final year at home. Yep. Yep. We got the yep. check mark. What a world that would be. <laughs> we're verified. We're good. It's It's real. Yeah, yeah well, you have to check with Bill on that, Mike. I mean, just to verify. I will. I'm going to text him right away. Yeah. 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 <laughs> what's this deal? He gets a text from, what's this deal I'm hearing about Marc-Andre Fleuring being traded back to Pittsburgh? Where the fuck did you hear that? <laughs> I'm like, you two buddies that are, you're always on the podcast. You got a sign right behind one of them. Yeah, right? Yeah. He would literally probably say, oh, yeah, those jackasses. Yeah. Don't don't trust yeah. anything they say. Don't don't say anything. <laughs> they they drink with my son. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't trust them. Oh man! Well, speaking of goalies, though, I gotta ask about uh, uh, Philip Gustafson. Uh, Gustafson, I guess I haven't Gustafson. said his name. It yeah, is Gustafson. I haven't said his name. Only, in a while. He's only been here a year, Jake. He's it took you here. that long to get it right. My bad. Uh, so, what what is he heading to arbitration right now? Um, yeah, that's, what's the, deal that's with that? the way it's headed. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, I think that the Ilya Samsonov uh, contract the other day, one year at three point five five by an arbitrator. Um, you know, is probably what the Wild are willing to pay him. I think that's still a little bit on the high end of what they thought he would earn, but they think that's right in line. I think his agent's still looking for significantly more. Um, so maybe it spurs a settlement uh, in the in the days to come, but right now it looks like it's going to arbitration. Um, you know, Phil Gustafson's agent, uh, Kurt Overhart, you know, in a, in a league where there's always arbitration filings, but it very rarely gets there. Uh, Kurt has filed a lot of ARBs and have gotten there. So he has his beliefs on um, where he thinks his clients should be. Um, but uh, right now, uh, I don't think the Wild are going to cave. They've got a, a max that they're willing to pay him uh, on a negotiation, at least. And uh, might have to let the arbitrator choose, and then they'll adjust from there. But, um, you know, it'll get done. The good news is that we know by August 6th that Bill Gustafson is going to be signed. Um, and I know that he is uh, looking forward to that. I'm actually, um, I, I mentioned I'm going to Sweden for uh, five days uh, to do an NHL thing, and I'm going to try to kill some, you know, multiple birds with one stone since I'm there in August. And uh, I know I'm sitting down with Philip Gustafsson, trying to meet up with some of the other Swedish wild players. Um, but Gus is already, uh, you know, somebody that I'm pretty positive that I'm sitting down with. So we know that he is at least considered that considering in his own mind that he's back with the wild. Well, and, and 
I can imagine your one-on-one will probably be on some beach sitting in the sand because he's a big, he's a big <laughs> lake guy. I, I, I saw the video. Might of be, like, it might be on a, like a Frisbee golf course. Or that too. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. he's, I'm surprised where he likes to live. I mean, he likes kind of living out in the middle of nowhere. I'm surprised he even has cell service to talk to his agent about this. So I'll be interested yeah. to hear how it goes when you, t- when you sit down and talk to him out there. Yeah. He's way, way, way up North in, uh, in Sweden. I think it's like all daylight in the summers. Yeah, uh, which just has has to be a little bit like I can't even imagine what that would be like. Um, but he's coming down to Stockholm uh, for a couple days, so I'll get I'll get to see him a bit. Yeah, you got to make sure he it takes his is it takes off his damn shirt. He never really did that in post game yeah. interviews this year. Everyone else was doing it the tarps off bit. You know he didn't really participate in that. So if it's he does that, player. you got to get a picture with him and just throw it right in the article with his shirt off. Yep. Yeah. I, uh... Yeah, I I, th- I kind of actually respect that he was like the only one, you know, from 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 my perspective, somebody that doesn't like their take their 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 shirt off in public. I respect that the goalie was like that uh, in a in a room where yeah. it just felt like I was talking to Milton about this on the podcast last night. It's like you know between him and Reeves and Addison, and just took off from there. Um, but Gus uh, Gus was pretty uh, adamant that he's going to keep his shirt on. Russo, if we won a cup, would you go tarps off? Uh, probably not, actually. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I, I don't get the ring. I don't I get my name on the cup, so I don't know if, uh, if it'd be worth it. I don't think that anybody deserves to see that. Do you guys remember when Colorado won the cup last year? Like one of their beat, like I don't know if it was their beat writer specifically, uh, yeah. for the athletic, like was lifting it and had a cigar in his mouth, and people were outraged about that. Yeah, Mike Chambers from the uh, Denver Post, uh, and he subsequently. You know, sort of quasi 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 retired, um, but yeah, he, it definitely was. Uh, you know, people didn't like the look. Well, that's so. a big that's a big no no, right? Like, if you don't, if you're not on the team, you're not allowed to at least lift it above your. Well, it's, head. it's yeah. not like that. An it's more the, just, yeah, it was more the look that he was celebrating. I think that's what the big thing is. You know, I mean, you know, I, I will say, it's, it's like years ago, everything was frowned upon. You had to really have boundaries and stay away from, like, you know. You know, getting too close to the team. This these days, it just feels like a lot of that uh, ethics uh, has has been blurred. Um, but I think that one, it just made him look like he was cozy with the team. But look, I mean, you know, it's a. Uh, I know Mike. I respect Mike. I, I, you know, I'm sure that it was. You know, he, he comes back to the hotel after after filing his story, and he's unwinding. You know, like a lot of sports writers grabs a drink, he happens to go into their party and is given the cup and takes a picture with it. If it was me, I probably wouldn't have posted it, Um, but Mike decided to. Um, But again, you know, I think that was the big thing from a journalistic standpoint. I think it just gave a lot of a lot of, uh, you know, journalists and maybe some fans a little, you know, more of a, you know, appearance that he was maybe cozier with the team than than normal. But Mike's a Mike's a was a good journalist for a long time. And I'm sure we'll. continue to continue to write and, and be in the in the business you you saw that speaking of like journalists though you you saw that video i don't know if we talked about this with you in the past but uh last year i think it was with leon dreisaitl and that journalist was just peppering him he's like why are you so pissy leon mm-hmm. i don't i don't know would, would you ever get that i i know you have gotten a little like pushy with with players and coaches just trying to get information but i mean would you ever go to that extent with any player or coach uh, probably not in a public setting like that. I mean, that reporter was Jim Matheson. He's in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, Jim's covered this league longer than than Leon's been alive, uh, quite frankly. Um, um, and so I think that was probably, you know, I probably 
I mean, the way it came across on TV, it wasn't great. Um, but I had definitely gotten uh, probably tenser exchanges with players, but it's always in a one-on-one situation or a scrum. Um, I remember one of my first years here in Minnesota, I asked a question and a player rolled his eyes at me. And, uh, oh. and the second that uh, scrum ended, I went up to the player. I'm like, don't ever do that. You're like, <laughs> you, you, I'll embarrass you if you want to embarrass me type thing. Um, yeah. That's something that a lot of young reporters wouldn't do. It's probably not the most professional thing in the world. Um, back in the day, if YouTube existed, I probably would have been driven out of the business. I had a couple of tense exchanges with uh, Mike Keenan. Uh, Manny Fernandez and I had a real nasty exchange once wow. in a stall. Um, but, uh, you know, those are few and far between. In a public setting, in a press conference, I don't know if I do that. Um, if you remember in the St. Louis series when the Wild were down 3 nothing, Bruce Boudreaux's first year, um, you know, he and I had a real testy exchange. It's all over YouTube, I believe, and, and articles written by, you know, Yahoo and Puck Daddy, and, you know, all that type of stuff uh, where my, uh, you know, I basically drove him right off the, the, the stage, right? And uh, it was it was, it was was a huge deal at the time. I didn't think it was a huge deal, but it kind of everybody aggregated into articles. Um, I mean, Billy and I at, the, at that presser, you know, had a testy exchange, but it wasn't like me. It wasn't anything personal, right? It wasn't me saying, Billy, why are you being uh, so pissy? Um, you know, that's just the way that, that Maddie handled it. Um, I'll just say this. Um, it drives me absolutely fucking batshit crazy when Edmonton Oilers fans rip on Matheson. That guy has covered uh, covered the heyday of that franchise. He's one of the most respected people in this uh, sport as as uh, a longtime sports writer. Um you know, he's one of my mentors, has treated all the young reporters uh, back when I was a young reporter uh, with the utmost respect to him. We all look up to him. And so um, the way that Oiler fans always um, treat all their media with such disrespect and disdain drives me crazy. It, it seems really, really focused on that market. Those fans, they are they are the they think they're the most sophisticated, knowledgeable fans in the world and they're anything but. And the way that they treat Matheson just drove me crazy uh, during that whole exchange. Uh, and uh, I know all the all the sports writers and hockey writers that know Jim Matheson and the job that he's done over the years uh, respect the shit out of him. Yeah, well, that's like the World Hockey Report guys. They're yeah. Edmonton Oilers fans. They are. They're, they're always going after us as Wild fans. And I say, well, maybe put those fires out in Canada and we can yeah. talk. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, it's not even going after fans. I mean, the way they treat their own media is unbelievable. Maybe maybe it's just, maybe that's my perspective because I'm treated so much uh, differently here in Minnesota by fans that, that treat me way above and beyond uh, nice uh, since I got here from day one. Um, it just seems like Minnesota's fans in general, for the most part, but especially Wild fans, have always treated their local beat writers with like you know just with just respect and uh and uh enjoy reading and being entertained and knowing everything that's going on with the team and uh, they got some damn good hockey writers up in Edmonton and the Oilers fans I've never seen anything like it the way they tweet at guys like Mark Spector and and uh and Matheson and and a, and a couple others up there as well it just uh it's just it's just unbelievable uh the way that they're treated it's like they're more upset at the journalists just covering the yeah. team, then they the think they could do it better. Yeah. yeah, it's like it's like they think you're you're the journalists are impacting the performance of the team or something. You guys are just, you guys are just in a, in a way more sophisticated <laughs> way the messenger, right? Like you're just the one talking about and asking the questions. Don't get mad at me. Yeah, get mad at them. Yeah, yeah. 
And that's why actually when I do like podcasts and sit down with players, I try to uh, ask fans on Twitter what they want to know. And nine times out of 10, the best questions that I'm, that I ask a guest when I'm hosting a podcast or a radio show comes straight from the fans. They, it's unbelievable. The I did that podcast with Jake yesterday. Um, I thought we, Joe and I did a really good job, but where the podcast got really good was when the fans came up and started asking questions. Um, the, the best, the best answer elicited during the show came from a nine-year-old girl's question. Um, so, uh, you know, I, it, so I don't know. There's just something about wild fans. I mean, they're just so, they're just, uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm glad I'm in this market. Not that, not that one other one. Every time you post a tweet saying like, what, what questions do you want me to ask this player or, or Billy Guerin, I'm always typing something out. And then I stop because I say, there's no way in hell he's going to actually ask him this. So I usually have to delete it, <laughs> but go really quick, going back to kind of arbitration, what's going on with some of the players. Were you shocked that Duhame of all players went to arbitration? I felt like that one kind of came out of left field. I mean, you had Gus yeah. off his year, but. Well, I mean, it, you know, that's the good thing about Arb rights is, you know, I like when a player goes to arbitration because it also means that I'm not going to have to write about it all summer because I know there's, there's going to be most likely a settlement before, but at a minimum, you know, two days later that they're going to have a contract. Um, you know, the last couple of years, we've had some contract disputes go right to the buzzer, right? Kevin Fiala, Karol Kaprizov, Nino Nita writer. There's been some one. There was another one, if I remember correctly. Um, I think that other one might have been, it wasn't to September, but Erickson Eck went to late, late August, but that was mostly because it, it hit the brakes because uh, Paul Fenton got fired. Bill Guerin eventually, I think, resigned him, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, but uh, in terms of Duham, I mean, that's usually the way it works, is that if you hit July 5th and you're a restricted free agent and you have ARB rights, and, uh, you know, it's just a good lever to pull to protect your interests, but eventually... Most sides know what the arbitrator around what the market's going to be like. So usually you meet in the middle and that's, and all he did, you know, to me, all Rich Evans, his agent did, I believe it's Rich Evans is just buy him a little more time to negotiate. And one, one is exactly what the wild thought they were going to wind up paying uh, Brandon do him. And uh, I think the wild have all long thought that they'd be playing uh, Gustafson around three, two or three, three. Now that Samsonov came in at three five five, it'll probably be a little more, but it's certainly not going to be the four four million dollars that I think Kurt Overhart's trying to get that uh, Jake Ottinger got. I get what Kurt Overhart's doing though, like for Gustafson. I mean, you have you know Kurt in the back of his mind knows that yes, for Wallstadt's weight in the wings here, so he's just trying to protect his client, get him as much money as much term as he possibly can. And uh, my gut says that they'll pump this down the road, they'll settle on a one year deal or. Get a one-year deal in, our, in in arbitration, and we'll do this again next summer. Was uh, Duhame the he? What was his look in last year's signature look? He had like kind of the mustache, kind of like facial hair, and then he kind of just shaved it all, and he had a haircut. Was it? Well, then he, was, then he was hurt for a little while. Yeah. Well, well he had a bunch of injuries. Yeah. But I, I think he was the one. Like after the season, he completely like chopped off his hair and everything. He looked like a different man. Yeah. Looked Before completely playoffs. different. Yeah. It was very yeah. strange. Yeah. I, when he gets the mustache, he very much has like the Spurgeon mustache, where it yeah. kind of looks like Count Dracula, yeah. you know, a little bit. Yeah, he almost um, looks Italian. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, look, I, I, I think that Duham, I, I think that was handled perfectly um, by his agent. That's actually the way it's meant to be done. Is is uh, you know, choosing arbitration in most cases is not like the biggest slight in the world. If it gets there, it could get a little bit ugly. But they've even 
you know, the way it used to be years ago, contentious when it got to arbitration, you would literally trash the other guy. When Bill Guerin went to arbitration, yeah. uh, you know, he's sitting there and hearing that he's like the worst player in the world. And I remember it basically steered the relationship that John Van Diesenberg had with the Florida Panthers when they went to ARB. Now it's more business-like. You turn in briefs, you make your case. It's all statistically based. It's not like a court case where you're just saying, you know, a bunch of other stuff that, you know, this guy's lazy, this guy does. It's not like that anymore. Um, so I think Duham made the made the right decision. He got his settlement, and now it's up to him to have a really good year. Uh, but, yeah, it, it, you know, it's going to bring him into UFA, so it's going to be interesting what happens there. Yeah, um, I'm, tr- I'm I'm trying to think, too, uh, with Kalen Addison. I know <laughs> we saw him walking around at, at Crazy the Game of Hockey, you know, obviously, but, like, <clears throat> he didn't even really play hardly in the last half of the season, I feel like. So, I mean, what yeah. – it, it, He's obviously is he's still with the team. Are they expecting to get rid of him? What are they expecting to do with him? Um, I think they expect to re-sign him. Uh, they're okay. hoping that he takes his qualifying offer, which is about eight sixty-seven. I think um, he has some of the biggest, uh, most experienced agents in the NHL and Newport Sports. Uh, I have trouble buying that Newport's just going to cower, especially the way that things unraveled for him down the stretch, and just say, "Here, uh, we'll we'll take the QO." Um, but the Wild can't afford to give him much, much more uh, after they sign Gus because they'd like to also have a 13th forward on the team. Now, the good news is they don't have a lot of road trips at the beginning of the season, so they can carry 12 forwards and really alleviate that and put guys like Vinny Letary and Beckman and Walker in the minors um, as long as they're healthy coming out of camp. But I think Addison's going to be a big part of this team. I really do. I think that, you know, D- Dean Everson, I don't think it's exactly right that he doesn't have time for Kalen Addison. I think he has a lot of time for him, but they've got to coach him up defensively. Offensively, he is going to be the guy that runs the number one unit, I think. Uh, you know, where their, their power, I mean, it coincided with Kaprizov's injury, but where their power play really took a turn for the worst in the second half was when they started sitting Addison. And uh, he was, you know, I, I think uh, I think he's going to be a big part of the team, uh, assuming that you get him signed. I mean, the, the the problem with, with him is even if he doesn't want to take his QO, if the Wild play hardball, he's got no leverage. Um, you know, he can't uh, – he had no hard rights. Uh, so, I mean, theoretically, the Wild could make him rot um, and, <laughs> and until, he, until he resigns. So my gut says he's just going to take a, a cheapish, inexpensive deal and try to really have a good season and then maybe get the home run contract. Well, in all of this – off-season drama that happens within every NHL franchise would be super interesting if it were part of like an HBO or Netflix documentary. I mean, we've seen quarterback, obviously drive to survive, full swing. There's a lot of really awesome documentaries that cover kind of the inside of sports. Have you heard any rumblings of an NHL one at all? Because we've been dying for that kind of behind the the closed doors. And obviously the Wild do a great job. Every team probably does a great job of their own YouTube series kind of covering behind the doors. But it would be really cool if, like, we had a hard knocks for hockey. I mean, we've been asking for that on the show for months. Or general manager to follow Bill Guerin. Right. I think that would be awesome. Uh, The Wild do do a good job of that with Becoming Wild. But right now they're just hoping to have a TV station that's going to broadcast their I suppose that's uh, that's that's probably priority one. Yeah, that's coming to a head here in the next uh, week or so. They're going to have to, you know, uh, Bally's got to has uh, has to make a commitment to the team. Otherwise, there's going to have to be some contingency plans made. But um, in terms of a hard knocks on HBO, if you remember when when HB when the Winter Classic first came out, they used to have the that's the, right, yeah, uh, the show that um, uh, who was it that did the narration? The guy from um, oh, we do, oh man, it's going to drive me crazy. Um, but uh, anyway, uh, 
what's the Showtime show? Uh, he was an actor in that. Uh, not yeah. Liam. Uh, I'll think of it. But anyway, uh, you know, he was the narrator. If you go back and watch the YouTube video of the the Pittsburgh Penguins one in Buffalo, where where uh, the, you know Mark Andre Fleury paid, you know, uh, played the prank on uh, I think it was Ben Lovejoy and somebody else, and put their entire like room in the hotel lot in the hotel uh, floor at the Hyatt there. Um, you know that that was that was one of those uh, HBO shows, and they just stopped doing it because it cost so much money. I don't know what it was. Um, and now it's sort of the league behind the scenes does it in like vignette forms and things like that. But it, you're right. It's not the same. Well, if here, if ESPN wants to really own all the rights to broadcasting hockey and they want to be a respected hockey platform, they have the whole E60 videos. They have 30 for 30s. They know what it takes. They could do it. Theoretically, I know they have a lot going on and they probably don't allocate a ton of money to hockey. They could do it. ESPN. Oh, I would. Yeah, I would absolutely love it. I think, I think that. By the way, it's Liv Schreiber. I was thinking oh, about. I had to Google it. Okay. You know, um, you've seen what, what's the show that he has on Showtime? It's awesome. Um, Is it recent? Now I get. Uh, yeah. Now I now I Google that. Um, I know that's a Showtime show, but I don't, I've never seen it. Ray Donovan. Oh, Ray okay. 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 Awesome show. Yep. Yeah, I think they should do a, uh, you know, even go even deeper into the the scenes of a documentary and do one, a documentary style docu series on the journalists like yourself who cover the game of that hockey. Would be, yeah, that would be, that'd be one boring, boring. Really? They would, oh, not, well, ninety percent yeah. of it would probably just be you waiting in line at Starbucks. Or, or, yeah, or that <laughs> was. I mean, I'll yeah. tell you. Like, here's my day today. Okay, I get up make myself a protein shake. I sit down, I write a news headline for the news that was coming on Bill Garrett and Matt Maka. Uh, you know, dr- uh, the story that I had on that, that we had sitting waiting, I freshened that up, uh, got on the exercise bike to my right, took a walk, went to Caribou, watched Veep. That's not something that would make for a great documentary. Uh, so that was my day today. Um, tomorrow, uh, right now on my schedule, I got like literally nothing. Um, so it's just, uh, it would not be a fun, fun documentary. Maybe at the rink, it would be good in the playoffs. It probably would have been really good. Yeah. Um, yeah, that one, uh, in the playoffs, that would have been actually good. I think fans would have been entertained by that. I had, uh, um, trying to see how much I I had some, I had like police escorts into buildings and I had all sorts of issues going on with, uh, with Dallas stars fans. I always love when you're, when you're like tweeting a picture of the rink and you're like, why did everyone leave? And the timestamp on it is like two ten AM or it's some outrageous <laughs> time in the morning. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, I mean, it's a, uh, trust me, it's a cool job and all that stuff. But in terms of like live, like I students at chat, it's a uh, kid came up to me at the, um, at the podcast yesterday. He's like 10 years ago, my brother shouted you at a wild game. And I'm like, that must've been fun. Uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like it's just, not, it's not, I mean, maybe to like somebody that's new, it's gotta be exciting to be in the press box, go in the locker room and things like that. But when you're an old crusty dinosaur like myself, it gets a little monotonous. And I just don't think that it would make for a lot of, uh, you know, heavy drama that you would see on a NHL style, uh, doc. Like if you, you had cameras in the locker room or on the team boss on the team plan, it's a lot more entertaining than, than uh, following me or Joe Smith around. Well, and we're, uh, we're good friends with the e-bug, Connor Bopri. I actually skate with him on Thursdays, and he, he talks about some famous crippage matches you guys have had up in the press box. Is it, is it true that you guys uh, go head-to-head in that? No, it's uh, him versus, I think, one of the off-ice officials, and I just go over and watch. Oh, I don't you're know an observer. Cribbage. 
I don't know the rules of cribbage, uh, but I always I always joke with Connor. I think it's the best dressed uh, e bug in the entire NHL. I mean, the guy comes in like crisp, like three piece suit, sits down there. You know, shows no sense of being nervous, even like you know knowing that there's a chance that he's going to wind up on that ice at night. And let's be honest, I love Connor Beaupre, but I I coached against him in the Henderson Foundation game and gave up like twelve goals once. So. Uh, I wouldn't say that like if Sidney Crosby or uh, Nathan McKinnon came skating down on Connor Beaupre might not be a great night for the Minnesota Wild. Yeah, we we need like a uh, Chicago type storyline there. Um, He also he yeah he played for he played for our team in the Minnesota Cup. Uh, that one, yeah. he, he let in some goals that day, but it wasn't his fault. I think he faced about fifty shots a period. Yeah, so. we we didn't we did not help him. I think out he still had a pretty good save percentage we, for how many shots he took. We were falling around. We had someone on our team literally in circles on the ice. Just I, it was shit show for him. Yeah, but we didn't we didn't set him up well, so no. it wasn't his fault. No, but he was our e bug. Yeah. Or no, he wasn't our e bug. He yeah. was our goalie. Right, he was the goalie. He was the goalie. It's really, I mean, it's a cool gig, and you know, I think he's come. Maybe actually his sidekick, I forget his name, uh, uh, Tino maybe. Um, it, there's like a second e-bug. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he came really close to getting in the game once. Obviously, we remember Paul Joyce when he was like 50, uh, sat up, you know, almost got into a game as well. Um, I mean, it's a pretty cool gig that these guys have, uh, you know, up until the playoffs. Uh, the, my biggest question is you got to find out. Connor needs to ask right now, is he going to be the e-bug in, Swe- in Sweden? Like, are, are the Wild going to bring him, or are they going to maybe call up Jesper Wallstad and bring the Swede over there just for the fun and, and giving the guy a taste of the NHL as the third goalie? I think it should be Connor Beaupre. Yeah, let's let's we'll we'll, we'll start the campaign now. Make the T-shirts, make the no. buttons, bring Connor to sure. Sweden. Connor to Sweden, but if he's unavailable, uh, we have two goalies here, and we know Bill very well. Correct. So. Yeah, and Jake, I, Jake, you're the e-bug to the e-bug. That's self-declared. So whatever assistant e-bug you just said, Mike, that's not that's that guy, not true. That, that, Bill, guy, that guy's a phony. Yeah, that guy's a phony because <laughs> Bill confirmed I am the e-bug to the e-bug. So yeah, I, I, I maybe I go to Sweden. Yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to trip. remember. It was maybe for Anaheim. I think it's Tino Vasquez is his name. I'm pretty. Okay. It, it might have been Anaheim. He he wound up, uh, you know, down there at least. Uh, you know, probably freaking out that he might get in. Uh, there's been a couple of those experiences that have been pretty cool. Well, and uh, and this year, I think it was the second the second game against... Well, we only played Vegas at home once, right, in the spring? Or did mm-hmm. we? Yeah, so Vegas's first string at the time, which I don't even know... I who, think it was Tampa Bay. Who the fuck that was? No, so this, this was a Vegas game specifically. I'll tell oh. you why. Oh, okay. It was one of the games against Vegas, and their, one of their 12 goaltenders got hurt. And uh, and then the backup which it went in, which I think was Aiden Hill, and then Connor had to go down and yeah. get dressed. And he said as he was putting on his pads, all the Vegas players' dads walked into the locker room and they were hammered, and they took p- ton of pictures with him. And they oh. thought he was, ah. they thought he was like one of the goalies on staff or something. Jeez. And he said he just yucked it up with all the dads of all the players for like a half hour while he was. He That's said, awesome. He said I was sitting there putting on my pads and they're asking me all these questions. He's Said it was pretty funny, but yeah, I think that yeah, that was definitely. It probably was good for Connor to probably settle the nerves. I can't imagine being an e-bug and sitting eating popcorn and playing cribbage in the press box. Next thing you know, you're putting on a uniform and put, you know going. To, I mean, can you imagine just like stepping into a locker room? Next thing you know, you're looking around and there's Jack Eichel and Jack right. March. I can imagine that. You know, William Carlson and Theodore and I mean, you know, Petro and 
and you're just, you know, in the corner there, like praying to God that you don't have to go in. Well, and it, and it's like a, it's one of those things where it's like you could you could end up on either top ten of Sports Center. Like if you have a great night, mm-hmm. you're the top of the headlines. If you get torched, you're probably on the not top ten, letting six goals in in a span of yeah. five minutes. So I can imagine that definitely comes with nerves, especially when you're for how many games you sit there up in the press box to when you actually have to put on the pads. It's like, oh shit, this mm-hmm. is happening. So it's. Definitely get it. I feel like there's a part of you that wants to play to get that call. You're like, there, I want to put that. <laughs> if you're actually about to step on the ice against guys that can shoot at 100 miles per hour at you, I'd be like, oh, fuck. Yeah. What have I got myself into? This right. is this is scary. Yeah. But it'd be By the way, then, uh, just keep on looking above your head and the, the fuck it poster. It, fuck that poster. Oh, it's, oh, just, yeah. it's like intimidating. Yeah, yeah, you got pictures. Yeah, I feel like Bill Garrens is watching me do this podcast right now. He's it's making, like when you come making, out of yeah. the, So at two a.m. when you come out of the press box elevator, you know they have the the what the Army Reserve uh, like murals all around the arena wrapped around the poles. Yeah, the one right in front of the press box is Bill Garrens. And every single time, it's like you know the doors open, it's dark in the corridors, and then I just see Bill Garren right there in front of me. It, like, like one day, I, I'm like a little worried. It's actually going to be the real Bill Garen just waiting for me. He's just waiting for you to just yeah. to yell at you. It's or almost, it's almost like pro- it's like propaganda they do in North I, Korea. I was going to say where they put up the leader's yeah. face King everywhere. Like, all the place. He's watching you. Military yeah. Years ago, years ago, I, I covered a home game. I was back when I was with the Screw, and I was talking to Chuck Fletcher in the press box uh, during the game. And anyway, Wild lose the game. I probably light him up pretty well. I go home. I'm getting in bed. I got a first flight out to Phoenix the next morning. And all of a sudden, it's like 1 a.m. And I hear my phone buzz. I look at it. It's Chuck Fletcher texting me. He goes, hey, Ruth, uh, Mike, were you at the game tonight? And I I knew right away that he was about to light me up because he knew I was at the game. I talked to him. And I'm like, and I just write back, yeah, I was at the game tonight. And I'm like, and then finally, I just go, why? And he goes, because I just read your story. And then he and I like are now in a fuck you fight on text message for probably an hour, like <laughs> one to two a.m. He knew I had a six like a get up early and get on like a first flight six a.m. flight to Phoenix because for some reason the Wild were practicing there that day. So he and I had this like stressful like combustible conversation, uh, which is what made me think of it because of the whole Bill Guerin like maybe yelling at me type thing. And anyway, I get to Phoenix and just to show you how how Chuck breaks the ice, so I, I show up. To, I show up in Glendale Arena. I go into practice. I'm, I clearly look like I'm tired. I see Chuck. I'm immediately in a bad mood because I see Chuck. And Chuck just looks at me and goes, Mike, you look a little tired. Why? Uh-huh. And he because he, he knew that he kept me from sleeping that night. He pissed me off so much. So, well, uh, one of those one of these days, it will be Bill Garrett waiting at that pillar for me. Like, yeah, I was going to say. This? It would, yeah, it's not going to be over text. It's going to be him, like, with the screenshots, everything, maybe oh, yeah. a booklet of, of yeah. you know, of everything that you said. Yeah. All the receipts. I, uh, the wild power play was in the shitter back in the day, and um, it was, like, 2012, I think it was. And um, I, I lit up the power play on Twitter. And anyway, it was the second of back-to-back. We go to Chicago. Um, we have, like, 5 o'clock. Uh, you know, meeting with the coach. That's the way it works on a second of the back-to-back. So we're, I'm down there. It's like 4.30 p.m. waiting for Mike Yo. And Yo goes, comes out of the locker room, comes out of the coach's office at the United Center. He goes, Russo, can I talk to you for a sec? And as I'm walking in the coach's office, you knew it was going to get ugly because all the assistants left. Oh, and oh no. anyway, he pulls out his phone and he shows me this 
this tweet where I really was like nasty about the power play the night before. And he goes, what the fuck is this? And I just go to him. I'm like, when did you learn how to screen capture? And it definitely broke the ice. But that's how, like, when you piss off a coach, a player, or a GM, it's usually not something that you write in print. It's something you said on a podcast, said on a radio, you know, tweeted. Uh, so that so that would be the thing that I think that would piss off Billy one day. It's not going to be something that I actually wrote in the athletics. Yeah. It's something like it's going to show me a tweet of mine. It's going to be this show, something you yeah. say. Let us know if you need anything. Exactly. Yes. to cut out yes. anything to save you save you one of those exchanges. Yeah, yes. I saw this clip on that on the 10K show. On those dickheads my son yeah. hangs out with. Yeah. What the hell were you doing? Karen's going to call me tomorrow after after uh, Mark Andre Fleury is traded to Pittsburgh, and he'll be like, they tried to tell you. Yeah. They tried to tell you. You ignored it. Well, I told you. It was, it was hilarious because when we had him on here, uh, for the first ever time, this was our first time meeting him in person. We had only gone through his wife to get him on the show. Uh, he comes in and like we kick off the show. And as a joke, I say, so we're going to talk about how Fiala is going to be gone tomorrow. Right. And he kind of like chuckles a little bit. And then it was the next day that you announced Fiala is going to L.A. And I was like, oh, shit, I, I accidentally called that. And I wonder if for a second he was like, how the fuck did these kids yep. find out? But uh, but then yeah. we started laughing like, and he's like, "Oh, they're kidding! Thank God, well, we're just joking. There's not yeah. a leak." Yeah, somewhere. he was he was definitely he definitely <laughs> knew the answer. Yeah, he does. He does not like leaks. I can tell you that for a fact. Yeah. Um, but uh, you, you know that that is the funny thing. Like he has a heck of a poker face. Like if you oh, or yeah. a poker voice, mm-hmm. you could ask him straight up about something that you think is going on, and he will. You know, if he doesn't want it out there, he will. He he will convince you that. Uh, that it's not happening. Actually, you know, a minute later it did happen. So uh, sometimes that is that's the way of a good GM. Sometimes For you got to sure. keep everything. Sometimes things in house. You know. Yeah, that's why he's the president of hockey operations now. Right, he has the yep. right yep. face yep. for it. He got it, and the right face for portraits yep. around the X. Yep, it's perfect. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, uh, uh, so we should get to fan questions. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Uh, By the way, this, this blurry thing has me nervous now. Like I almost feel like I do. Have <laughs> no, to, what, he's what is, like, uh, no Russo. No, he's no. like he's my favorite player. So if anyone yeah. would know, it'd be me, and I would be way more upset if it were yeah. true. If, I, the if, last I'd probably two, be crying the last right now. time. The last time I discounted a scoop and it turned out to be right was when Jared Spurgeon made his wild debut in 2011, his 21st birthday. And the Wild lost a couple defensemen the night before in Vancouver. And it's like 9 p.m. And I texted a source in the team. I said, what defenseman are you calling up? You obviously need somebody tomorrow. And he finally writes back at like 11 p.m. And he goes, Spurgeon. And I just write back, LOL. <laughs> and the next fucking day, all of a sudden we get the release at 9 a.m. Jared Spurgeon was recalled. Uh, it was 2010, yeah. and um, and uh, yeah, Jared Spurgeon recalled. And my God, I I felt like such an idiot. So now I, I'm a little worried about discounting this whole flower thing. Well, I hope we didn't jinx anything. But yeah. who knows? I, I, I we'd be jinx. two for two on that because we uh, did it last year with Fiala. Damn, you're right. But it's like we got the crystal ball. Everyone's always asking if you got it or Bill has it. Maybe we have the crystal yeah. ball. Who Maybe knows? We have yeah, it now. Exactly. That's a, yeah. no. So you you obviously do a great job of uh, asking fans their questions and then providing answers from the GM. So we're gonna take it to uh, a further level. This is going to be uh, fan questionception. So we're gonna we asked our fans what they think we should ask you. So we're taking it a whole level deeper. We'll start great. with uh, some of the some of the least serious ones. Uh, our friend Bubba had a few questions for you. Uh, the first one he asked is, "Do you ever have any run-ins with the mafia?" Uh, 
I'm convinced that, like, so I was just in Sicily. I'm convinced that there was some Russo people in the mafia. Mafia is not liked in Sicily uh, okay. real, real well. Um, I don't think that I've had any run-ins with the, with the mafia. I do wonder if deep in my ancestry, we might have been part of the mafia. Sure. Uh, you know, from Jersey, all that stuff. Jer- uh, Jersey, New York, all that. Straight from Sicily, second generation. I think my, uh, I think first generation were my grandparents, uh, American. Yeah. Um, so. I don't well, know. It only makes sense. Uh, uh, on your second to latest episode of uh, Worst Seats in the House, Lapanta was saying that he saw your name on a lot of garbage trucks there. And uh, we know a thing that, too about a the, sign. the sanitation industry in America is that yeah. means the mob. So I could believe it. The uh, The second question from our friend Bubba is, do you hate Patrick Waugh? I don't know the context behind this, but it was asked. <laughs> um, I don't hate Patrick Waugh at all, uh, but he and I, you know, had, when he was coaching the Habs, he, he you could Google it. He called me out for something that was totally manufactured, and coincidentally, it was that Cody McLeod, if I remember correctly, was going after in every game. He was going after uh, Gramlin and 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 Spurgeon, and I just pointed out, like you know, at some point, uh, you know, one of the big he's going to have to fight one of the bigger guys. I'm a little nervous saying this right now because I hopefully he's forgotten this story because uh, Cody McLeod now is assistant. Uh, one of the assistant player development guys for the wild. So, uh, and I, he's a super nice guy. I've chatted with him many times. And so far he hasn't brought up the fact that Patrick Waugh and I became like an international uh, battle because he basically called me out and said that if Cody McLeod got hurt in this game, that I was going to get myself sued. Uh, so that's the context. Of okay, that so Bubba had the context. Good for him. Yeah, no, I was going to no, say no, really, no. really quick side story. When we were at Tom Reed's for I think it was game, it was this, it was the first game back on the road with Dallas. So that would have been game five. Yeah, game five. Mm-hmm. We're sitting at we're sitting at Tom Reed's, and there's this red haired guy in a black shirt. If you remember this, and I was like, I know who this guy is. I've seen him before. It was driving me nuts the entire game. And yep. eventually, like I told Zane, I go, look at this guy in the black shirt. And he goes, that guy looks familiar, but I don't know who he is. And like, just out of nowhere, I was just like, maybe it's Cody McLeod. Googled it. Sure enough, it was him. So that's yep. yeah. super random. But yeah, I mean, one of the most infamous uh, incidents with Cody McLeod in the wild was when Stefan Bayou were, and were in the penalty box, I think, at the 08 playoffs. Just Google that, okay. where Stefan and him are just mocking each other, penalty box to penalty box about how each other looked in the penalty box after getting into a scrum it's, it's tremendous uh entertainment if you just go on youtube youtube after okay. this just put stefan bayou and cody mcleod it's great stuff um but uh you know i i can't remember exactly what i wrote but whatever it was um patrick definitely mischaracterized it i think to pump up his team for that game that was back when they were absolutely freaking awful the abs um and uh, I think it was just a manufactured thing to try to spark his team. Um, and then, if I remember correctly, Cody McLeod scored the winning goal that game. And I was not covering the game. Like, I heard about this all in Atlanta. I got, like, text messages. Like, my phone blew up. Like, holy shit, Patrick Watt just blasted you uh, to the press uh, before the game. And then I'm like, so I, I'm, like, already, like, this is stupid. And then next thing I know, I'm watching the game on TV down in Atlanta, visiting my family, and freaking, I, I'm pretty positive McLeod scored the winning goal in that game. Gosh, <laughs> was that yeah. that wasn't was that in the playoff series? No, that yeah. was a, it was a regular season game. Okay, so yeah, I'm trying to think because okay. I wouldn't have, I, yeah, I wouldn't have missed a playoff oh, game, yeah. but yeah, it was uh, it was uncomfortable. I mean, you got the you know one of the best goalies in the history of the sport 
uh, Hall of Famer, somebody that you know I loved covering and covered a gazillion of his games personally. And he's just uh, yeah decided to make make an example out of me. So yeah, I've yeah, had a couple nice. of those moments. Like you could, there's there's plenty of Google moments. Uh, Mike Keenan once kind of laid his hand on me and he got fined and things like that. Uh, that was a little overblown, but there's a lot of Google things that you can look up uh, back in my history. Where, you know, you mentioned the whole pissy thing. I mean, you know, now that I come to think of it, I probably had a little too many uh, confrontations with people. You yeah. just Google blank rips on Russo. Blank, yeah. it's Russo. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. All Good right, Jake, man. you get that. You got the <clears> next one. Yeah, our buddy Isha from the Soda Pod asks, who would, ha- who would have won in a scrap in their respective primes? I think it's Gino Ojic. Yeah, Ojik, Ojik, yeah, Ojik, or Derek Bugard. Oh man, probably Boogie. Ojik was scrappy though and fast. Um, I I got to know Gino really well, so I covered Pavel Bury in Florida, and Gino and Pavel were best friends. Uh, really, the odd couple. Like Gino protected Pavel during their their days in the Canucks. Uh, tough son of a bitch, Gino was. Um, uh. Man, it's it's amazing they're both gone. Uh, but uh, I would probably take Boogie, I would think. Okay. But Gino was one hell of a fighter. Hey, look who showed up. There's Cam. He's been sitting behind the producer's chair. So. Switching the cameras. But, yeah, he's been, I don't know, watching baseball. I don't know. Yeah, who knows what Whatever. he's been doing. <laughs> Whatever. Shins us, um, according to PA. Yeah, the third one, uh, friend of ours, Aaron Lowry, former Minnesota Wild social media manager who's been goaded by us, uh, asks – how you like Instagram threads. Ah, that's funny. Yeah. Erin is still, she's like, she's like, uh, like every time I have any sort of social media question, I go to Aaron. Um, yeah. and I can't remember the last one. I'm like, what? Oh, I think it was like a couple weeks ago. I'm like, it was like tweet. It was the day that, that, that in that Twitter on July 1st had all their bugs and everything that Elon tried to pretend they were trying to do this maintenance stuff. And it was not, that was bullshit. Yeah. Um, and anyway, uh, but tweet deck was down as part of that. And I thought that tweet deck had just gone under. Um, and so I went to Aaron. Uh, so in terms of threads, um, I, I like the thought of it. It's hard for me to get into it. I've forgotten like that. It even exists at times. All of a sudden I'll realize oh, I haven't put anything on thread for a while. It's just hard for me to get into it because when you have a certain audience, that's vast numbers on Twitter, it just makes sense from my standpoint who uses Twitter as a way to promote um, my, my work to put stuff on there and not try to make a statement when I actually have no problem with Elon or Twitter, you know? Um, so uh, I'm not, so I don't think threads is a big threat to like, I cannot imagine Elon Musk is sleeping is like, can't sleep at night worrying about Mark Zuckerberg's threats. Um, yeah. Like it's, I think it's just there, and it's just going to disappear, and everybody's going to be back on Twitter. And I think that Elon knows that. Yeah, I think they've already lost 100 million regular Mm -hmm. active users that they had the first few days. The thing that I'm a little worried about is somebody told me that if you disengage your threads, you could lose your Instagram account. And so, like, Yeah, so you can't delete it. You can't delete the account, at least. So you just got to stop using it. You just got to basically be inactive, which isn't always the best look, but it's better than, yeah, you don't want to lose your Instagram. Yeah. Yeah, and then the other thing that's insane about it is that there's no like privacy settings. Yeah, like they could they could do anything they want, um, or at least Twitter. You know, you could keep them from doing certain stuff. So, um, yeah, uh, it's pretty shady. Uh, 
And, uh, you know, the, I will say something that happened that was very strange is that uh, for like a day, I was like joking around and constantly writing about threads on my Twitter. And all of a sudden, and I can't imagine it was a coincidence, I like couldn't tweet, couldn't upload things, couldn't like get anything to work on my Twitter. It was like, it was essentially like Twitter basically sending a, me a little message, I think, like, stop uh, why shit, stop yep. fuck? Yeah, stop stop fucking complaining about Twitter and promoting <laughs> threads on our platform. Like it can't be a coincidence. Yeah. No, it was it was unbelievable. Like I could not send a tweet, couldn't read tweets, nothing. Zuckerberg's mafia has infiltrated Twitter. Well, did you guys Bob. see did you guys see he uploaded a photo from the fourth of July on his own Instagram and he put emojis over his kids' faces. Yeah, Zuckerberg. So that's kind of weird, right? If you don't even trust yeah. your own platform to you know, I get maybe it's to protect his children's public image, but it's also like, what are you doing with kids' faces? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Ask um, more weird. questions and answers, but yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I think it's funny that like people are picking sides between these two billionaires that actually deep down most people don't like anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, uh, you know, especially the way, and I don't want to rip on Facebook uh, for because I actually uh, went to summer camp with Cheryl Sandberg, so I kind of know her, you know. <laughs> I really don't. She's the number two at at Facebook and and Instagram and everything. So I probably shouldn't rip on Facebook uh, a lot. But let's be honest, they uh, they haven't been the greatest company in the world in terms of ethics and things like that. So it's like for choosing between these two like evils, um, you know. Uh, and you know what's funny is like you know when, when I was like going after like going after Twitter when all this was going down in July one, like all the people were coming after me like this was a political thing, like like it had oh. nothing to do with politics. Right. Uh, but it's just funny how the way that they, you can't have opinion about anybody and it all of a sudden becomes this political thing. Yeah. And if people only do like 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 the only Joe Rogan episodes I will ever listen to are the ones that Elon are on there because I find him such a fascinating guy. I mean, you know, this guy is just if you listen to him, he's just an absolute brilliant mind. And so, like, uh, I actually like Elon a lot. Love, love listening to him whenever he's on a Joe Rogan podcast because. Because that's the best part of Joe Rogan's podcast is that they're three hours long, so he lets the guy breathe and, and actually uh, have opinions rather than cutting things so just an hour or something. Yep. Yeah. No, for sure. No, you don't have you don't have to pick a side, but I think yeah, threads might be dead. Might be dead. Might be dead. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, yep. We have uh, one of our uh, friends, Matthew Tahiti. Tahiti is a it's a hockey name. Um, asked if you ever would ever consider moving to cover an NHL team with an actual chance of winning a cup? <laughs> uh, no, I, yeah, I'm, I'm Minnesota through and through right now, especially at the athletic. I mean, this market has been, it's unbelievable. There's a reason why we have two hockey writers here and we're essentially leaving other markets because the other markets just didn't sustain. Didn't matter how good the teams were. They just we couldn't gain traction down. Uh, there's just something about, fans here and john krasinski and i talk about this all the time our wolves writer like just imagine if one of our teams were ever good and went on a run and how engaged the local mm -hmm. fan base would get like we are probably the most successful u.s market at the athletic um by far and it's all because of the fans here and yet we have four of the most mediocre sports teams in the history of the world um on a consistent basis with no sustained success, success when it matters. And just a matter if we ever had that, how engaged sports fans uh, would be here. There's a reason why Fan is the biggest and the best sports radio station in the country. 
Um, and it's in a market that just doesn't win championships. So um, to to the I mean, it's a great question. But the one thing that in this business uh, you learn is that uh, you don't chase, you know, like I could go cover the abs tomorrow and they could be the worst team in the league. Everything's cyclical. And so I'm here to stay. Uh, love this market. Love the fan base here. And uh, would never leave to cover another sport. Yeah, it's, it's, no, it's great to team. hear that. And, you know, we had to throw that question in there because it was like a very stereotypical negative-ass <laughs> wild, wild fan question. So. <laughs> Sarcastic. Which, which we, we know, know, which we know but, you, but you get it, plenty it, of. Look, to, Matt's, to Matt's point, though, I would love to cover a Stanley Cup champion. Uh, you know, I don't cover this league uh, to have the team that I cover end every year after game after round one. You want to be read through it matters. That's the p- best part of my new role at The Athletic is that Pierre Lebron and I uh, cover, you know, we're both national writers now, so I cover the Stanley Cup Finals every year. So at least I know if the Wild aren't making it that I get to cover it. And so it was fun covering Florida and Vegas this year. It was fun last year covering Tampa and Colorado. Um, and that'll hopefully continue as my role continues to expand at The Athletic in terms of writing more national stuff. Um, but trust me, um, you know, I would never leave because the Wild you know, haven't had, you know, haven't had that, uh, you know, maybe success that other franchises have had, but it sure would be nice to cover an absolute juggernaut for a change. And, you know, last season, not this season, but last season, um, you know, I thought it was heading that way. They were so good in the regular season. Those games were so entertaining. They had these comeback wins and they were scoring six, seven equals a game. And they just were so, you know, successful in the regular season. And then to see them, uh, you know, collapse the way they did against the blues um it's probably the most disappointed that i've ever been in any of their playoff losses uh the the next question we had uh eternal pain asks your thoughts on danny healy that, that's a random um one. <laughs> you know i mean yeah it's uh, like i i love Healy. um i have an incredible relationship with danny um every time we're out in la i talk to him i know that there's people on the other side that obviously will never ever forgive him for for the accident that he had and um and coincidentally, I was telling somebody today, I happened to be in Atlanta when all that was going on because the Panthers had a exhibition game against the Thrashers, um, you know, right after that, um, that accident. Um, so I know there are people that just don't like them and, and will never forgive them because of that. Um, but uh, from my standpoint, um, Danny and I uh, got along really well. I, I loved covering him um, and uh, love talk chat with him now. Uh, he's doing great. Um, he's, he, he looks like he can still play. He's in tremendous shape, plays tennis every day, has wife, two kids, uh, living out in Cali. Um, and, uh, but I would love, like, the, like, that's one of my biggest regrets. Like, I would love to sit there and do a huge story on him. And, like, where did Danny Heatley go? It'd be so red, but he is so comfortable, you know, sort of being out of the limelight. Um, and doesn't want to bring up, you know, bad memories, things like that from, from obviously what happened in, what, 2001 or two. Um, so, uh, so, but I, from my standpoint, uh, he was just, he's always been good to me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, another more serious question. This comes from Steven Moss, I believe is how you pronounce it. He asks, are the wild worried if they tank these next two years to get better draft picks to set them up post breezy suit or dead cap that it could deter Kirill from resigning here once his contract is up? I'm sure that's part of it. Um, but a lot of it is just uh, it's bottom line stuff, right? I mean, Craig Leopold wants to win. He doesn't think the fans are going to be patient. You know, it's it's a painful thing to go. 
Like you get the benefit of maybe a generational talent like Connor Bedard, but that's not every single year. I mean, we've seen countless number one picks that have not been that dynamic. You know, the the Yakupovs and the Frenieres. I mean, he's still very young, like Rossi, same draft. Um, but, you know, you, you just don't always get a Connor Bedard or a Connor McDavid. And so I think that that's part of it. I definitely think Kaprizov, that's part of it too. And the hope is that these prospects um, really develop it to the point that they whet Kirill's appetite to want to stay here long term when they have got to talk to him a couple of years from now um, about a new contract. Uh, Kirill's going to be able to name his price, I guarantee you. No, that's one thing that fans need to understand too. You know, I think everybody, and we're doing a story on this, everybody thinks, and if you read my Bill Guerin story today, um, Everybody thinks that in two years when the 14.7 is up, that they're just going to go out and, you know, buy Leon Dreisaitl, buy Miko Rantman, buy this guy and that guy and all these players that are going to maybe going to be out there. But the hope is, first of all, Capri, we don't know what the cap's going to be. Kaprizov is going to have to name his price and they're going to have to give it to him. And then the hope is, is that the Brock Babers and the Marco Rossi's and the Huzadinas and the Europe's and the Hunter Hates and the Liam Ogrens and all these guys, they walk stats are going to be absolute studs and they're going to have to save money for those guys as garen said in my piece today and so um you know it's not a guarantee that they're just going to go out and get the shiny toy in a couple years you know they would love to but the hope is that they could build from within and have real sustained success with a lot of these young kids um but to get back to the original question um i i do think that they they it's more it's less to do about worried about what kaprizov thinks and I know deep down that Kaprizov is looking forward to guys like Kuzan Dinov and Yurov getting here. I think he'd love to have some countrymen in that locker room. Um, as much as he tries to pretend it doesn't matter to him, it does. I know it's to be true. I mean, just imagine if you're a Russian player in the locker room every day. And you might, you know, be learning English and able to communicate and things like that. But the reality is, is that he is always working. Every conversation he has, he is trying to construe what is being said to him in his brain. He's now trying to think what he would say in Russian back. And he would, it's just got to be an exhausting thing every single day. And I think a lot of times as Americans, we don't rec- we don't appreciate that. You know, if we all of a sudden parachute into Russia and try to be that type of player. So I think that deep down, he really is looking forward to guys like Europe and Kuzantinov getting here. And so the hope is that those guys become studs and they don't have to worry about that. But they, it's less to do about Kaprizov and more to do with the fact that Leopold wants to keep that building um, packed every single night. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I, I think the, I mean, I just, I know this person is genuinely asking about tanking. I just don't think that's even in their it's vocabulary. Not, not, yeah. Yeah, well, just, a lot of teams don't like to tank, but especially the Wild. Like they have a team that can make the playoffs at least, so they're going to at least try to work something from there. Right? You can't tank with a team that has Kaprizov yeah. and no. Goldie and Spurgeon and Bourdain. And these, well, first of all, Spurgeon and Bourdain because they're you know locked and loaded for a long time with no boot protection and all that. But they're just they have too many good players. Um, to, they, in a, in a, that was the shocking thing I found about this league this year. Is there were a lot of shitty teams. I mean, a lot of like some horrendous teams like real true free spaces on the bingo card every single year uh every single game um you know or at least 40 times i thought and um and so those teams they found mechanisms to tank and they were preparing for this the wild just don't have that ability if you have crook priest up in your lineup and guys like zuccarello um and, and some of the other really quality players that they have um it's just it's an impossible feat i think 
Yeah, you're never going to get back to the point that you were at if you try to tank. It was almost yeah. like when people were saying we needed to trade Cousins and just draft a young QB. It's like yeah. then you're going to lose Ju- Justin Jefferson. You have all it's these the players. Story. Exactly. You have all these players surrounding them that can do something. Yeah. It's so dumb. And, and that's the thing. It's like, you know, in a, this is a league that every contract is guaranteed. So there's you can't just ship guys out of here, cut them, and Penalty things like that. Free, and so right. when you have Spurgeon on a seven-year deal and Brodeen on the long-term deal and Eric Snack on his eight-year deal and Boldy's now on a seven-year deal, and Kaprizov's on and on. It, it, it just, it, there's no way to even. I mean, look, there were a lot of guys that had shitty years this year, you know, and and yet they still were the third best team in the in the division. Um, when you have that supporting cast around that are real quality players, unless there's going to be major injuries, it, you're just not going to fall apart and uh, be able to execute a tank. And and look, you know, when it looked like they might fall back to earth when Kaprizov got hurt in Winnipeg. They actually got better. It was the Erickson Eck injury that did this team, and it wasn't Kaprizov's injury. Um, you know, uh, you know, Erickson Eck was probably the one player on this team that's irreplaced. Yep. Yep, for sure. Only a couple questions left here from the fans. A friend of mine, fellow UND Fighting Sioux alumni, Dave McGovern, asks, if you had a crystal ball, what is your prediction of who the Wild will spend their cap space on in two years when the buyouts yeah. expire, and you already kind of—we're actually that, so. Joe Smith and I are working on that type of story now, but it's fantasy land because we don't know what the right. cap is. We're you know, like, I don't want to be like the Flyers, or I don't want to rip on anybody. But our Flyers writer just did a story that had Caprice up on their team in two years, and Victor had like I, I don't want to throw make believe stuff out there. So I think the biggest thing is to just point out who the possible free agents are in that year, and say you know free agent center this or that. But as I just mentioned before. A lot of it will depend on the prospects. If Rossi and Huzandinov and Ogren and Yurov turn into great players, they have no need to go out and right. go out and spend a fortune on a, on a player. Now, if all of a sudden Dreisaitl's available or, you know, Brock Besser is probably somebody that's going to be free in two years, definitely free in two years. Um, you know, Ranton, if, if suddenly that stud is out there, obviously it would behoove Bill Guerin to try to pursue him. But if it's just going to be like a you know ancient John Tavares or an ancient even Sidney Crosby or somebody um, who are some of the names that are available in a couple of years, maybe um, you know I, I just don't know that that uh, yet. I think it's uh, it's just a throw a dart against the wall and, and you know it's a good talker and clickbait. And as I mentioned, Joe and I are going to work on that story now because it is a valid question and people are all wondering. But even in that story, what I told Joe is I want to make sure that this story is based in fact as much as we can and not just make-believe fantasy crap that's that's just clickbait for years to now for the next two years bother us. That, oh, they're going to go get Dreisaitl. You can you say know? Wild will get Dreisaitl in 2025. Exactly. That's yeah. And, you know, I've, I've already told you there's nothing more that I would want than for Edmonton Oilers fans to come after me. <laughs> uh, but that's the type of stuff I don't want. And then do like a shitty Photoshop of him in a wild jersey. Yes. No, I'm, <laughs> like, yeah. Very poorly done. <laughs> or, or or just do a, a, a fantastic one of him in a wild jersey. And just and people and think make it's it real. realistic and be like, this is what's going to happen in two years. And they would just go nuts. And then Twitter would flag it with like a context. <laughs> like Leon Dreisaitl does not play for the Minnesota Wild. He, in fact, is still under contract with the Edmonton yeah, Oilers. Like fact and it works out for, I'll point out that Marc-Andre Fleury's contract's about to end. So now suddenly 29 is going to be available for Dreisaitl. Like, they're keeping the numbers, uh, you know, really warm. Oh, from, shit, we might, we might be talking this into existence. I know. We better, just, yeah. we better relax. I know. We better calm it. down because we're going to maybe jinx a couple different things after this episode. Yeah. We got to relax. All right. So the final one we got uh, comes from Hoga Mad Dog. 
<laughs> asks, how is Mason Shaw progressing? Any chance of Bill Guerin signing him? If not, are there other teams that might show interest? If not, could Iowa sign him to a minor league deal? Couple of yeah, that's uh, you know that was what was going on right before the draft and before they decided not to qualify him is that I think they wanted a a contract. The Wild didn't want to give him the contract. They offered him a very lucrative AHL deal. His agent basically told the Wild, "They let let us shop it around first and see if we can get an NHL deal." Obviously, that hasn't happened. Um, the Wild are letting him uh, rehab through their facilities. He's essentially part of the team right now. Um, Bill Guerin, I think, had a good frank conversation with Mason Shaw to explain the situation. And the hope is that eventually, um, when he is ready to return, um, uh, that they give him that AHL deal. They send him down to Iowa, let him, uh, you know, essentially rehab down there in terms of getting his game back together. And then when he's ready to get back here, they turn that AHL deal into an NHL deal. He'll have to go through waivers, clear. And then once that happens, he'll be back on the Minnesota Wild. But right now, um, they're just going to, you know, keep him unsigned. I think that if that AHL deal, um, if he's willing to take that AHL deal, which I assume is pretty significant in terms of money, um, I think that they'll sign him to that as as a goodwill gesture. But uh, Mason Shaw is still very much part of this organization, even though technically he's unemployed. Yeah, that's good to hear because I would say the most iconic moment of the playoffs this year, even though there weren't a ton of them, was uh, Game 3 when he did let's play hockey. And we were in the building that that building was drunk. We were pumped. It was the loudest I'd ever heard. The X is the probably the best energy I've ever seen in that building. And uh, I think him kicking it off was like kind of the big, the big starter of that. So, yeah. And, and again, like I think it says a lot that Mason sticking around all summer has been at their facilities, was part of the crazy game of hockey weekend. I think at all after the, after them essentially dumping them. So, um, you know, my gut says that at some point Mason's probably going to want to make sure he gets paid. Um, so it would not shock me if his agent comes back and says, all right, we'll take that AHL deal. And then at that point, it will be up to the Wild on whether or not they still want to give it to him. Because I think the Wild were a little, um, you know, surprised that Mason's representatives didn't just take the AHL deal from the very beginning. Sure. Yeah, well, we loved we loved watch him on the ice. He was a feisty guy out there. He got mm-hmm. in the scraps, especially on the he, penalty kill. Yeah, he created some opportunities fast. I'd love to see him, you know, sign any deal with him to at least bring him up as a depth guy. So happy to yeah. see him. Yeah, the hope is that he can, you know, let's get him. I think back healthy. Um, I haven't seen him, but uh, Jake Middleton said yesterday he looks and feels great. And if anybody is experienced. Uh, with uh, ACL surgeries and know what the feeling would be like at this stage in the rehab process and be shot. Yeah. And uh, according to Jake, uh, you know, Mason's doing really well. Um, I saw uh, somebody also at my podcast yesterday saying that Mason, they've seen him running around and without a limp and they start to walk better and all that stuff. So it just feels like he's on track. And this kid's got an unbelievable determination and will about him. And uh, so, you know, my hope is that we haven't seen the last of him. Yep. Yeah, we saw him walking without crutches or anything at Crazy yeah. Game of Hockey, so mm-hmm. it looks like he's progressing well. Yep. Yep. Well, really uh, cool. You know, before we let you go, Russo, we do the uh, the rapid-fire questions. Yeah. We gave you, we've given you like two separate sets of them, and I actually went back today and made sure that these ones were all new, so if you're ready to go. Right. Um, yeah, I, uh, I'm always bad at these, but I'll, I'll do my best. Yeah, the first one is uh, you're on a deserted island. You can only listen to one song for the rest of your life. What is it? Um, man, that's a, about 20 just went into my, uh, um, 
You know what? I'll go with. Like, I feel like I have to go with Trampled by Turtles. Um, I'll go with uh, Winners by Trampled by Turtles. Okay. I just absolutely okay. love that song. It's about Duluth. Yep. Yeah, yeah. there you go. Yeah, from Duluth, yeah. Um, if you had a boat, what would you name it? Um, Ink Stained Wretch. Okay. And it was it was actually hilarious because you were when you were in Italy, I, I asked you if that was your boat. You took a picture of it. It was like a 10-story yacht. That you saw, yeah. Of course, it was. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I wish it. Was, I wish it was my boat. Yeah. I am obsessed. If you look at like my Instagram, who I follow, you'll see that I follow like nothing but mansions and yachts, like yeah. everything that I like wish I could live in. Like I am, like I, I am not an ocean person. Like I, you know, I grew up in Florida. I like when I was young, I like just absolutely. I think I had an incident at Riptide once and scared the shit out of me. And for the rest of my life, I'm, I'm not an ocean person. I'm certainly not a fisherman. I'm not somebody that goes out on my friend's boats and things like that. But I am obsessed with yachts. Obsessed with love, like, taking virtual tours of them. Would give anything just be on one once. And uh, so, like, I am absolutely, like, it's not a shock when you see me, uh, see my, like, me taking Instagram stories on the road of, of me, me being in a marina and just shooting different yachts. Well, you're going to have to uh, convince the athletic to let you uh, go out to Monaco to cover the F1 Grand Prix yeah. out there because I think that's yeah. probably all the best boats in the world just pull up in that bay for that weekend. Yeah, uh, you know, Craig Leopold's uh, yacht was right there at the finish line, right, when they were uh, cleaning it up too. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I uh, but Ink Stains Wretches, I mean, that's, a, you know, probably back when, you know, more people read newspapers, but that's what sports, right? That's what reporters were called if you work for a newspaper, an Ink Stained Wretch. Okay. But I think that'd be appropriate. So, yeah. No, that's good. Like, you, yeah. well, most people struggle with that question. You had it right away, so that was impressive. Uh, if you could wear one color the rest of your life, what would it be? Blue. Everybody calls me a blueberry. Almost everything I I'm wearing purple today. <laughs> oh. Almost everything I always wear is blue. Yeah. So, um, what is your least favorite sport to view? Hmm. God, I love. I honestly love them all. Like I, I watched more NBA than I ever watched in my life this year. Love watching football. And so I would say in person, I don't love. I lo- don't love the NFL. It's okay. too, too many stoppages. Like it's yeah. fine when you're on TV because you got the commercials. Like when you are at a game, it is dreadful. Yeah, the amount of stoppages at an NFL game, it is. It is really unbelievable. Um, and uh, so I would say football. Uh, believe it or not, um, um, there's there's a certain romance to me still about baseball. Um, it'd probably be the only other sport I'd want to cover if I didn't cover hockey. But I will say the new baseball, I fucking hate like the stupid thing in the extra innings with the runner on second, the, the, this thing now where like a pitcher will start and come out after like six outs, uh, makes no sense to me. Um, this, the, the fact that they have the pitch counts and, and things like it's just a different sport than I remember growing up. Yeah. yeah. Before and people no. before people start ripping on you and hating on you about saying your least favorite sport to watch is football. I mean, I totally agree. Like for you know, as fun as it is to go to like the Vikings playoff games or or go for football games when it's like a network primetime game. Oh, those TV damn timeouts. media timeouts. Yeah, it's like I no, just want to. It's, 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 it's like brutal. a it's like a cliffhanger at the end of a season of a show, yeah. and it's like third down. It's like I just want this play to get over with. Five minute media timeout. And I'm just sitting there like. And then, yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, oh. it's really now. And now again, when I go to a game, like, and I, I know this is rapid fire, but like I have been a sports writer since I was 15 years old. 
So I am literally not a fan. Like, I am not a fan of any team. There's not one team out there that I root for. And so when I go to a game, I don't go dressed in purple and I'm having the time of life drinking beer and things like that. I'm going more from a media person. And even when I go to a game and just watch, I'm watching it more like a like a sports writer would. So, like, when I'm there, it's like all of a sudden, if I'm not working the game, which is every football game I go to, I, if I'm sitting to the, like, a lot of times when I go to a game, I'm just sitting in Paul Allen's booth. And when that, when they go to, when they have media time, I was like, I'm just twiddling my thumbs. I remember I covered it. A couple of um, Minnesota Vikings, uh, Arizona Cardinal games because it just worked out when the Wild were out there, and I I just couldn't believe how boring it was because of the amount of media timeouts there were. It just never felt like that when I was when I was younger. Um, so um, I loved the NBA when I was a kid. I enjoyed covering the Miami Heat when I when I covered you know the Heat down in Florida. Um, I actually loved covering the Dolphins a, a lot, but I just think in person, um, if you are not invested. And, you know, I think it just gets, it's just too much stoppages. It's, there's no, like, I just don't see the flow to football anymore. Um, where, you know, there's a flow to a hockey game, a flow to a basketball game, um, you know, a flow to a soccer game, uh, things like that. Yeah. You know, especially if you're watching from the couch on red zone and then you go to a game yeah. in person, you're like, yeah. what is this? There's no football happening all the time, 24 hours yeah, a day. They don't yeah. have red zone See, on the red big zone's screen. Perfect. I've I've talked to I think Felino and Middleton about like red zone's perfect. Just sit there and watch red zone and you see every scoring play. Yep, constant action. Really Never cool. loses your attention. No commercial breaks. Yeah. No commercial. Perfect. Yeah. But uh, I I'm a member of a private cigar club. Uh, you know that I, I shouldn't give too much info about. But uh, but when I go there, um, you know that's one of the things I always want is the red zone because mm-hmm. I know that you know it doesn't matter how many TVs we have in there at least. I'll be able to watch every one of those things. And so I, I love it. Yeah. So. It's a Sunday essential. Um, what, who would you say the most comedic player is on the wild right now? I'm guessing there's one that's top of mind based on who you talked to yeah. last night, but I mean, Middleton is just absolutely hilarious yeah. and no, no filter and things like that. Flurry though. There's just this, there's this like kid in him that is just so funny to deal with. And he's just a crazy prankster. Um, so I'd say it's between, like Flurry and Middleton are very different from that standpoint. But those would be the two guys that just jumped in my head. Like like Middleton, if people didn't hear that uh, that podcast we did with him yesterday, just go to Apple or Spotify and uh, search for Worst Seats in the House. You will absolutely be entertained for an hour and 20 minutes by Jake Middleton. It's tremendous. Yeah, and, and if you just look at that guy, you wouldn't be surprised by the fact that he's entertaining. Yeah. The missing teeth, the mustache, the tattoos, it all – yeah. It all plays in together. Uh, what's a first world problem bugging you at the moment? Wow, that one's a tough one. Um, a first world problem that I have that I have to get new tires on my car that I just bought. That's a first world problem. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. It's got to be something to do with like airlines. I got to think. Um. Not getting upgraded at like enough Marriotts. There you like, go. I, I I feel like when I show up at a Marriott at this point in my life, the fucking red carpet should be out. Yeah. I gotta get. I, I should not check into a room that's got two double beds. It's got to be at least the to me the room's got to be a minimum four hundred fifty square feet. At a like that'd be the minimum, but at a at the maximum. I would say that it's got to have at least two or three or four rooms. Like it's got to be, it's you know, be like you know, a, I think, a hangover yeah, exactly. suite. 
yeah. like in that movie. The was, yeah. Oh, earlier this season, so I was talking to this. Uh, so Marriott, I have an, I have a private ambassador that I call it, and uh, and anyway, I'll I'll um, go to my Marriott account right now. You're not even gonna believe <laughs> it. Crazy about to Marriott. Um, they, should, they should be picking you up at the airport yeah, too. Seriously. Yeah. By the way, my private uh, ambassador at Marriott, her name is Shakora. She's the nicest woman. Um, uh, she's outstanding. Um, so now I got to find this. Um, all right, you got to see this. You see how many Marriott nights I have in my Holy life? Holy twenty-nine twenty-five. That's how right. many nights. Now tw- twenty-nine twenty-five, and that doesn't include my three nights that I've stayed at Marriotts, which are got to be in the hundreds. You know, when you use your points, it doesn't. Like I stayed at the Aria during the Stanley Cup final. I've stayed at Hilton, so it doesn't include all the other Hyatts, all the other hotel chains I've stayed at. But in real time in my life, what twenty nine twenty five divided eight by three sixty five? That's eight point oh one years of my life have been in a Marriott room. So when I show up at a Marriott, I deserve the biggest suite they got. So Shit. there's my first word problem. Shit, you should be in Marriott commercials. I'm a, I'm a Marriott yeah. elite member. You're, you've been at, you've been in Marriott hotels the same amount of time like a third grader has been on the planet. Yeah, yeah, Almost, yeah. yeah. And bananas. by the way, both Marriott hotel rooms are the same. Like it's like walking into a Target in like you know, bumfuck Kansas. Yeah, it's going to be the same as the one yeah. in Woodbury, Minnesota. But if like, I do you know, remember, that, like most Marriotts, you walk in the room and you know where everything is. You know? I'm guessing you get access to like the most of them have like a club level at the top, right? With yeah. like free drinks, food and stuff. Yeah. I mean, I know it's not red carpet, but I've been up in one of those rooms and maybe it was because I was 22. I thought it was the coolest thing in the world, but at least at least that's yeah, something. Some are, yeah, some are really cool. Like there are some that are just unbelievable. It's basically um, like the you know, and, and a lot of times yes. you determine your hotel based on that that room. Yeah. So I can yeah. imagine at some of them it's basically like here's a coffee machine and like some yeah. granola bars that expired yeah. last year. Yeah. Another yeah. first word problem is uh so like if you've been to the new Delta Sky Club here in Minneapolis by G twenty, it's the best thing I've ever seen in my life. Like it's unbelievable. I shouldn't actually tell people this because I don't want any more people to become mm-hmm. Delta Sky Club members. There's too many already. But you go in this place, it's just immaculate. It's on the second floor. It's got an outdoor area. It's got multiple bars, multiple workstations. It's just unreal. And so I was just at the Delta Sky Club in JFK, and I walked in there, and I was like, I was like, talk about first world problem. Like, like this is fucking awful. Like, this place is just jam-packed. It's not set up right. Like, you know. So, like, sometimes you, like, there's another first world problem when you travel as much as I do. Like, you're just, like... This is crap. When you the know? lounge sucks. So. It's like, I demand a better I'm lounge. Yeah, that's what I just paid to go Delta One to Europe. And uh, when I go to Stockholm in a couple of weeks, I'm doing like premium select cabin on Delta, which, you know, is a little overrated. So there's another first world problem. It's like, you know, I'm like sitting there myself, like I should be upgraded to Delta One. They better figure out a way to get me up to yeah. that sleeper seat. That is that so, is a that is a first world problem. But sir, I feel like this this serious. might be the podcast that turns everybody against me. By the way, everyone's gonna be like, Multiple "What a markets, stuck up prick!" Edmonton, yeah. Dallas, Minnesota fans are gonna start to think I'm the most like pompous like person ever. This guy always so. eats first class. He needs a yacht. Yep. He needs the penthouse suite at the Marriott. Well, the, da- the Dallas fans hate me because I wear glasses, mm-hmm. so I'm not surprised yeah. that uh, yeah. Uh, yeah I, I usually do too. I, I, but but I I do feel like you know. I always tell like anybody that's ever met me, like the people that go, we had 35 people that came on our Sicily trip 
everybody has this pr- certain like connotation of who I am based on my like Twitter and like you know social media presence and things like that. And it, some people actually will think that like, oh, oh man, this guy must be cool as fuck. And then they meet me at a bar or like talk to me for two minutes at the airport and they realize, what the hell? <laughs> I always looked up to this guy as like this big like you know thing. They realize within two seconds that I am not as cool as I try to portray on there. Like any of my friends will tell you that I am the biggest loser imaginable. <laughs> so uh so uh it's it's it is pretty funny. When I do these podcasts and I speak a little more than I probably should have, I, I at the end of it people start to like I think look at me and I'm like, what the hell? This guy is not the person I thought he was. And that's probably so, kinda like us I think, too. Yeah, I think this self I hope that everybody realizes that I'm being a little tongue in cheek uh with with this whole Delta Sky Club Marriott thing. Yeah. Absolutely. Although with every joke I always I, I am one of those people I think with every joke there's a little truth to it. Well so. but that's the point of the of the question is it's kind of a loaded yeah. question, right? It's like how can we yeah. make the guests sound spoiled? That's kind of basically mm-hmm. yeah. what we're asking you. Like people talk about how their thousand dollar headphones cut in and out every now and then. Yeah. Well, this is everybody yeah. in America. We're all dealing with first world problems. Absolutely, so the idiots yeah. that go after yeah. you for bi- or bitching about that. Um, come on, I'm sure you they've got they've got one too. If they're on Twitter, they've yeah. got one. They so. definitely. You're on yeah. Twitter. Yes, you for have internet. Fuck's sake, you have internet, and I'm sure you have food and enough energy to go on and bitch about something. On Twitter, right. So. No. So, shut up. And you know, like, and when you go around the country, and you, you know, and you go to Europe, and you see how certain people live, and yet they're so satisfied and so happy. You, you see that throughout Italy. These people are living in small, like, little apartments, and and you see them on the street, and they're like the nicest people, and they're so like, I, I don't know, like, sometimes you need that, like the sh- the the shit that stresses me out and pisses me off. You start to think about like really like why you get so up in arms about something so stupid, and right. sometimes you need that reality check. Like we had a this this trip to Sicily. I can't believe, by the way, this is rapid fire. Um, hey, this is we rapid had, we fire. somewhat rapid, rapid fire. Rapid fire doesn't exist for me. We have rapid fire on the athletic hockey show, and they always warn me to just shut up. <laughs> um, but like we had these people on this trip that it was their first time ever in Europe. They came out on a Lepanto Russo trip. And they were so excited by absolutely everything. And, you know, I've been to Europe so many times that it just, it was a good, rem- I've never been to Sicily before, but it was still a good reminder to me, like, this is special. This is cool that I get to do this and get to do so many cool things because of this job, because of the 2,900 nights in the Marriott, I get to go to Hawaii and go yeah. to, the, you know, Cancun and Cabo and all these places, uh, you know, largely inexpensively, sometimes free. Um, using points and and you know and yet i take it for granted and somebody goes to europe for the first time and they're just all excited about everything and you it, it's like a good little wake-up call that that um you know this is something to be you know really cherished and and uh you know that's why i highly recommend people come to these things i think too many people in our life like life is not like it's not infinite and so many people they have to they they wait till they're retired to enjoy their life to go to Europe and and what fun is that when you, you could hardly walk or you know there's no guarantee that tomorrow exists and and you have to live your life today and so like not that many people are as lucky as I am you know because I get to do these cool things with you know you know traveling as much as I do you get all these perks because you get you get all these points so I can go to places like this um, so I get that 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 financially that everybody's not in that position. But I, it really makes me sad that people that are just like they do they they don't go on these trips they don't go enjoy the world their lives 
and they save and they save and they save their money to when they're retired to do that. But at that point, you know, you don't even know if you're going to be able healthy enough to do it and things like that. So do it now. And, um, and so, you know, hopefully I think more people will go out and explore. I love that. This started as the rapid fire and it ended with a message yeah. with a, it did. you know, to get out and do things while you words can. of wisdom by the, uh, guy that, the guy that gets pissed off when he has two double beds in his room. Well, <laughs> yes. I will say if we ever get invited on the Lepanta Russo trip, uh, you'll see me excited just being at the Sicily airport. Yeah. Like I'll yeah. just be excited uh, about that. I don't know if any, I don't know if I'd ever want to go to the Sicily airport after it caught on fire a couple weeks ago. Oh, yeah. But oh, uh, shit. We're, we're already talking about next year's trip around the same time. And we got some great ideas. One trip that I would love to do, but it's probably not going to happen is, is you go to Croatia and Montenegro and you literally, uh, the defined destinations is who sets these trips up and you, you get a private yacht for everybody in the group. And you're going from city to city on this yacht all the time. And, uh, but the problem with that is that the, you know, you have to put out like a non-refundable deposit right now. And it's yeah. in the thousands. And yeah. I, I don't know if he's going to be willing to, the, the person that runs this is going to be willing to do that right now. hoping that he's to hell that they sell the trip. So right now we're thinking of a really cool trip, maybe going to um, round trip to Milan next year, but going into Switzerland and going to the Matterhorn and Geneva and go to Switzerland Bern and all those places yeah. and coming down through Como and going to Lake Como from the, I think the South side and seeing a different part of the lake than we did a couple of years ago. Um, so that'll be, uh, that's probably the leading contender for next year's trip. Nice. Yeah, I really want to get to Switzerland. Switzerland. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Expensive though. Yeah. Holy crap. Most expensive place I think I've ever been to. Really? Okay. Uh, moving on to the next one. Uh, who was your favorite hockey player growing up? Um, Dwayne Sutter was probably my favorite one. Uh, I was a huge Islander fan growing up. Um, so Dwayne Sutter, Mike Bossy was like, you know, like I got to do the, or we did that hunt, you know, top that, uh, NHL 99 this year. And I got to write Billy Smith and Mike Bossy, but the Bossy one was a thrill. Like I, I, uh, the Bossy one, I talked to his daughter and, it was just amazing, uh, just writing that story about the late great Mike Bossy. Um, so those were probably my favorite hockey players growing up. Um, in terms of uh, guys that I've covered, I mean, just to watch Pavel Bure was like nothing I've ever covered in my life. That guy was just brilliant, brilliant, brilliant goal scorer. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite fast food place? Um, used to be Wendy's. I don't eat a lot of fast food anymore. Um, but Wendy's was probably my favorite one uh growing up uh you know right now i don't know if it's fast food but i, I like uh like panera and piata and places like that oh, yeah yep all good um if you had to use a fake name what would it be huh pavel would be kind of cool pavel. um yeah pavel. yeah i think pavel pavel would be neat pavel. um we call you pav pav Yep. Yeah. You make an alter you go Twitter burner, just Pav. Yeah. Pavel. Yeah. That'd be kind of a cool one. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then you rip on your own tweets. <laughs> yeah. The right the Russian rocket. Yeah. That'd so. be hilarious. Exactly. Yeah. Uh the last one on here, craziest thing on your bucket list. Um, I don't know. I'm not a big risk taker, that's for sure, other than going to the athletic and leaving the Star Tribune. Uh that was probably a big risk um at the time. Um I don't really have a lot of bucket list items. Like I used to th- say to myself, I, I want to go to Australia. I want to go to Australia. It's really not that way. Um, you know, I don't know. It would probably have something to do with traveling. Like, you know, um, 
I, I, how about this? Uh, like, I, I often think about because I'm getting up there in age, and definitely getting up there in age in terms of this job of what the end game is, like what's next. Because I'm, I'm not going to be one of those sports writers that I think it's 60 years old at doing this. So my bucket list is like to work at a winery, to deal blackjack or poker, or work at a craps table in Vegas, to uh, open uh, Russo's Espresso and Wine Bar in downtown Minneapolis. I don't know, something like that. Like I am thinking a lot lately about like what is next and what I want to do and what would make me happy and um you know um and like I could see myself like retiring moving to Vegas and dealing poker and being perfectly content with for the rest of my life like that's awesome that, that's, like that uh, yeah most people dream so. about these crazy experiences and jobs and and whatever and and, and you're you just want to work almost like a normal job like you yeah I'd imagine this profession has been so wild for you no no pun yeah. intended. But like yeah, no, I, that like right, so, you you just want like to do something normal for once. So that's yeah. I've never had a real job in my life. I, when I was fifteen, I worked at Toys R Us for like two days. Yeah. Um, I, but I've been a sports writer since I was fifteen. I've been extremely lucky and fortunate with that to get paid to cover hockey for a living. But um, I watch all these other people that do real jobs that have uh, responsibilities that actually affect and help other people. And I'm like, that'd be kind of cool. Not that dealing blackjack would do that, but I would. I. I I kind of long for the day of turning off my Twitter account and disengaging and, you know, being able to, you know, um, just go and clock in somewhere. And, and you know, I, I honestly like like I would love to even though I don't know a ton about wine, I, I think it'd be cool to go work at a winery in Napa and yeah. pour wine for excited tourists to come in. And, and, uh, and you know, I, I, I'll be honest that Russo, I was kidding about the Russo's espresso and wine bar, but it is something I've been reading up on lately because I have no education when it comes to business. Like, I don't know how to run a business. Um, but I, that I, you know, like a passion like that, I think I'd be, I'd be really excited about. Um, and I think I'd be like Tom Reed where I'd be like 75 years old working at the place. Um, yep. you know, like, uh, I think it'd be really neat, but I, I will be, uh, it would not shock me if at the end of my life, I'm, uh, I'm working at a casino, you know, like across the deal. Like those craps, those craps, like croupiers or whatever they call them, and like that have been doing it forever in Vegas, and they're like, they're like angry about life and get mad at you at this. Like, I want to be that guy. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I want to be the guy that takes He's always looking go, for someone to take yeah, your anger yeah, off. Yeah, I want to be like taking every trip to go boop, like yeah, that. Nope. <laughs> like, you know, they love that. You oh, know, yeah. they love that more than paying everybody out. That's for sure. Right. So, yeah. But I, I think, like, I used to go to Canterbury all the time until high school kids started taking, like, selfies behind me, putting it on Twitter. Uh, and uh, <laughs> uh, so I used to, like, watch these these uh, dealers. And same thing, I used to go to the Seminole Indian Casino sometimes till like, 5, 6 a.m. when I was a young sports writer in Florida. Uh, it's now the Hard Rock down there. And I befriended so many dealers there. And it, it's just such a cool, like, it's just, and they they sit there, it's, a, it's like a bartender, right? You know, you just shoot the shit with everybody. and um you know it's why all my friends are like service industry people like working rest waiters or bartenders or waitresses um like uh like i just sit there i could cozy up to a bar and i i'm enthralled by watching like bartenders work and things like that so i could even do that even though i probably screw that up badly i've always thought i went, I went yeah well, so this guy mac ran the bar at the lake elmo Wind for a long time and about a month and a half ago two months ago he had me come behind the bar and serve like people beer i can't even 
like I had no idea the, what you're supposed to do with that spigot and how lit the air out and you're supposed to like you know like I was screwing it up nonstop. So I don't think bartender is probably in my future, um, but dealing cards I think I could do easily. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that because I always tell people I could see an alternative timeline where I just live out in Las Vegas and work the counter at a sports book mm-hmm. and just hand, oh. collect tickets all day, yeah. hand out money, and when it's little slow i can turn around and look up at the screens and i can watch everything yeah. and that's mm-hmm. just, that's just my existence there's nothing else yeah so it'd be a those, uh, you know though those guys always seem like so miserable though like, yeah to me no. the poker do like poker is where i like i think that, that'd be a fun thing maybe i'm such a huge poker fan like uh, you know i've gotten to know daniel negreanu and, and people like that um and uh like i just always like i watch it constantly and so like you start to recognize even dealers that are always doing, you know, doing the World Series or on the WPT or things like that. And I just think it'd be such a cool thing to just sit there and uh, deal poker. But yeah, we'll see. I think it'd just be so funny if like you actually end up working at a vineyard or something or owning one <clears throat> and yeah. and somebody like you retire, you sign off everything and just some like some estranged and crazy wild fans find you. Oh, great. Russo, I found you. So you some thoughts on the, well, just made this move. Like, I don't know. I, I, yeah. this, no. Okay. But what are your thoughts on this? Yeah. That'd be so weird. This, this is going to sound, this is another thing that's going to make me sound pompous. And yeah, I yeah, pray yeah. that this person is not watching because I really don't mean it like this. Yeah. But I do long to not be recognized. Like mm-hmm. I landed at the Paris Charles de Gaulle airport, uh, 11 days ago and i go uh, yeah i had to walk like you have to walk from where you get in an international which where you the hotel buses pick you up this is like one of those things i had to spend the night before going to rome for some reason and um i get out to the shuttle bus and this guy walks right by me and he goes are you michael russo and i'm like yeah and i mean great guy we talked for a while coincidentally he was staying at my hotel but this guy wasn't even like a wild fan living in the states he's from minnesota but he was in india for like india for like a long time and was flying back to Minnesota and there, the, the Paris to Minneapolis flight got canceled. And so he had to spend the night before flying home the next day. And I was flying in from Minnesota to go to Sicily the next day. But this guy hadn't even been in Minnesota for like months and still somehow recognized me in Paris. And uh, like, I long for like, and again, I don't mean this to be rude to that person, but it is like one of those things. It's just a weird thing. Like, you know, like, like uh, like you're walking in Target, and somebody's looking at you, just like kind of like, what you want to fight or something? Yeah. And then you go, no, no, that person actually just knows who you are, right? And yeah, so I kind of like, I, I don't know, I'm one of those people. I'm not a very self confident person at all, um, especially the way that I look. And so you know, like when you're not like thinking like that, you're on like walking into the arena, leaving. It's very awkward for me to get recognized. So I do long for that day that I could just sort of get off Twitter. And go to another state and just sort of retire and, and just not and be just a normal human. Yeah. So, no, that's that's absolutely like I don't know how actual celebrities deal with it. Like yeah, can you yeah. imagine? Like, oh, you can't know. live a normal daily life, they can't go yeah. to like this the store or do something. I don't no, know. No. It's no. very weird yeah. to me. Yeah. Well, it's like you know, even like like Eric Slohansky is a good friend of mine. He did my podcast a couple of weeks ago at Elsie's, he's super troopers, beer fest, quasi, all that. Um, and he and I went to Young Joni after our, my podcast and we're sitting there having dinner and it was just, it was fascinating how many people recognized him. And yet he's, you know, he's fine. He's seen fine with it and all that stuff and, and all that. But like, I bet you that even he, there's times that's like, you know, you're just not thinking that anybody like, you know, that, that people are going to know you. You just kind of wish that you could sort of be invisible. Right. Um, 
you know, I don't know how people like that, uh, that are like, can you imagine like what it must be like? Trust me, she's not complaining or uh, nobody would feel sorry for her. Can you imagine what Taylor Swift must be like? I mean, mean, can't do anything. Can't go anywhere. Yeah. Um, Yeah. You know, without everybody at least knowing who the hell you are, you know, it was crazy. There's no corner of the world where she's safe, which is just, yeah, yeah, Yeah. it'd be terrifying. You know who I hung out with a ton in Vegas during the Stanley Cup final was Steve Levy. Oh, yeah. uh, And you like this guy has been on Sports Center forever. He's now Monday Night Football, you know, NHL. Yep. Yep. That I have never seen. I've never been walking with somebody that there is nobody. There's no place he can go that somebody doesn't recognize. I bet. It's, no. And he's got amazing. such an iconic voice, yeah. too. Like, yeah. That's, he he's everything. like a Chris Perman voice. Where yeah. It's like if you hear yeah. that from any corner of the room, you know exactly who mm-hmm. he is. So it's that guy yeah. from Not ESPN. At all. Mm-hmm. But, uh, Russo, thanks so much for taking the time, man. Seriously, for, you know, yeah, for no us. Problem. And, um, you know, yeah, let people know if, if what kind of stuff you got coming up so they can be on the lookout. I know you mentioned you, you and Joe are working on a few pieces and – yeah, uh, we, we're working on that story that uh, that Matt asked about, uh, you know, like potential p- people that could be available in two years. Um, we're working on a, we're getting ready to just, you know, set up a Gustafson story. Um, I'm going out. Uh, I have a, really a lot of cool stuff that I'm doing this summer. I'm going out to Sweden. So the NHL does this. By the way, I can't believe we've done a two-hour podcast. Um, flies by. Yeah. But, yeah, I know. So the, the NHL does this thing where um, – like I go out to Vegas every year and they do the, what we call the car wash where it's the, every NHL team sends one star from their team to meet with the national media. And so they meet, they do all the right, all the stuff that you see on NHL network all year long. They do meet up with Elliot Friedman. They meet up with, uh, with ESPN, um, Sportsnet, T- TSN. And then there's the national print media, like the athletic, uh, score all that. So they do that every year in Vegas, but they also do one in Europe every summer for just the European media. Well, no U.S. media goes there other than Elliot Friedman and Jeff Merrick usually go to do their podcast. Um, but no print media goes. And so um, I'm going out there for that. Um, so I'm, I'm going to get like total exclusive access to all these European stars on NHL teams. I'll get to hopefully kill some bird, you know, two birds with one stone and meet up with Gustafson and Eric Snack and those guys as well. So I'm doing that. Then I'm covering the GMs. And for the first time ever, they're doing GMs and head coaches meetings uh that's in chicago september 6th to the 9th going to that and then i'll be at the nhl car wash as well so i got a lot of fun things uh to tee up this summer in terms of articles and and, uh really cool stuff to get ready for training camp yeah and we've mentioned it plenty of times on this show folks like a, a a subscription to the athletic is very well worth it because russo and joe do a great job of covering the team and there's probably other writers for all your other teams like i've kind of oh, yeah. delved into like some of the twins writers the vikings mm-hmm. writers even f1 now is on is on the athletic which i really enjoy Big the, time. the golf coverage is amazing so yeah. yeah you guys got all the podcasts and there's always there's always promotions and specials if yeah. you click on an article Two, you, 199 you a month discount yeah yeah, yeah. exactly so, so. Yeah, and we always have the dollar a month specials and things like that. I'm sure coming. Usually, the way it works is going into an NHL season. There's going to be some some sort of promo going on. Yeah. So, well, yeah, Mike. Thanks again so much, man, for taking the time. Seriously. Yeah. I appreciate Anytime, it. Anytime, guys. Folks, we've been saying it since basically the inception of this show. If you want a way to legally legally sports bet in the state of Minnesota or beyond, you should be using the Better Edge app. If you don't know what it is, it's a legal way to sports bet in the state of Minnesota, and also a social betting marketplace. You can post and engage with other sports betting fans, place no commission positions in their online marketplace, 
compete in direct head-to-head challenges with betters like Cam, journalist Jake, myself. If you like a pick and someone else disagrees, shoot them a request and uh, have a head-to-head challenge. You can compete in public or private betting competitions. Specifically this week, they have a uh, Stilly golf bag that they're giving away for the 3M Open. You just have to answer a set of questions about the 3M, Stilly, some predictions, and you have a chance to win that awesome golf bag. Also, Matt Boldy won that golf bag, so you can technically be Eskimo Bro golf golf bag owners with Matt Boldy, which is kind of sweet. Not Eskimo Bros in another way, but Eskimo Bros in the golf bag ownership way. And uh, you can buy or sell positions such as the spread, the over-under money line at their current market price. So if you want to get started betting on Better Edge, just use promo code 10K at sign up at betteredge.com to get a free $20 when you sign up and verify your ID. Once again, that's promo code 10K when you sign up at B-E-T-T-O-R-E-D-G-E.com to get the $20 and get in on the action today. All right, welcome back to It's a Bit, folks. Great interview with our friend Michael Russo, as always. Let's close out the show with buy or sell. We haven't done this one in a hot minute, fellas, but uh, what this is is I'm just going to list some people, places, things like their stocks, and uh, we'll decide whether we buy or sell that stock. Let's, uh, let's start with the Minnesota Vikings throwback jerseys, one of the many jerseys released as alternates for this NFL season. Cam, we'll start with you. I'm buying these. I'm actually legitimately going to buy one. I, I might need your guys' help, though. I don't know who to get. I know, Jackie, you're kind of in the same boat because I was thinking about Jefferson. Like I, I, I want a Jefferson jersey eventually, but I feel like everyone's going to have one, so I wanted to make it a little different, but I'm definitely buying, literally. So, yeah, I'm in that boat, too. I don't know which one to get. I'm thinking I always like a good niche jersey. I'm a big fan of like a niche, not like a JJ. Uh, ironically enough, our quarterback, Kirk Cousins, is a pretty niche jersey. He shouldn't be, but I think you're the only, one of the only people I know who owns one. Yeah, there's not a lot. Um, I could get one of those. Uh, K.J. Osborne would be another good one, a dark horse that I don't think a lot of people would buy. I've yeah. seen a lot of Hawkinson sales this year. Munt. S- I've seen a lot. Ooh, Johnny Ch- Munt. Johnny Munt. I don't know if they'll even make You probably have to do like a custom one mm-hmm. and be like. It costs more. Yeah, where it's like you always get it for like your, your, like your son, like. To have Jack on the back, yep. but except you have to fill out a player that no Munt. one no one really knows. Johnny Munt, best stat line in the NFL, one one one. I was yeah, I was thinking Hawkinson, or I mean, I ha- I had a I mean I have a Darisaw jersey, but I have to buy another one. But I don't know if I'll do a throwback for him or Byron Murphy. Brian O'Neill yeah. would be a good one. Brian O'Neill uh, would be sick. Greg Joseph would be hilarious yep. until he pulls a Blair Walsh and yep. then you have to burn it. <laughs> yep, and he's cut by week four this year. Yeah. Yes, um, get a CJ Ryan Ham. Wright, Ryan Wright, the punter, the big dude. Yep, it's kind of funny. CJ Ham, CJ Ham, CJ Turkey, CJ um, Turkey. Uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, did we mention KJ Osborne? Yeah, yeah. you could do uh, Addison and just go 140 yeah. in the car when you're wearing it. Exactly. I mean, why not? You can do the Addison bit. Just get a Sean Mannion one. Nah. <laughs> who's the, who's the Nick backup? Mullins. Who's yeah, Nick, Nick Mullins. Mullins? Yeah, get a Nick. That'd be hilarious. You're just walking around with the Mullins. Or oh, are you related to him? Or are you his that's brother? Like, no, just like, a fan. It's like buying a Sam Steele <laughs> Wild strange. jersey. Yeah, <laughs> that would be. But you, I'm telling you, Cam, you should have bought a Sam Steele Wild jersey. Well, I'm happy I did. The window's well, closed. I still you customize it. You can still get one and just say it's a you know. I relic. swear, I swear, I did see someone at a game, one of the many games we went to, wearing a Sam. People Steele just jersey. have money to burn, don't they? Yeah. Someone had a Sam. Steel. Someone had a Sam Steele jersey. Might have jersey. been related. Yeah, you know. Uh, but uh, really quick, yeah, I'm definitely, I'm definitely buying. Yeah, I'm buying as well. I think it's really cool. It's like a throwback. They actually did it right. My other favorite team, the Indianapolis Colts, did not do a throwback. They tried some weird black blue alternate that looked like Kmart Kentucky. 
Um, not a fan of that one, but as I mentioned on Twitter, I'm happy that one of my two favorite teams got it right. 50% is a, is a fine score. It's better than 0% or lower than 50%. Um, the Vikings ones are sweet, though, and I still got to decide which one I'm going to buy, but uh, I will literally buy one of these as well. So, Did they uh, announce how much they have, are going to cost yet? Oh yeah, I think they're like a hundred. Are they hundred forty on Fanatics? Yeah. Well, I would never buy a jersey on Fanatics, but um, so I usually just buy from like NFL.com or the Vikings website. And I might sound stupid right now because it might be like the same thing, but Fanatics scares me. Well, Fanatics makes them. So yeah, I know. I just can't. I don't know. But doing it through the official site, yeah. The NFL site. You don't want to give the traffic to Fanatics. You don't want people to think. You want one less person to be browsing that site. But you want to get. You don't want to give traffic to Roger Goodell either. So just go to the Vikings web store. True. True. Give it to the Wolves. Fuck it. They uh, they paid off the. the, We paid off the stadium. Mm -hmm. It's a good ownership. Exactly. Whether it was them or the taxpayers, I don't know. All right. uh, Moving on. Late summer heat. This week's going to be a hot one. Specifically for the two biggest golf tournaments in Minnesota, the 3M Open and the 10K Invitational. Some people say, like, when you bitch about the heat, they're like, well, think about this when it's minus 10 in January. I might sound crazy. I would rather have cold than too hot. Too hot. You can mm. only take off so many layers before you're still just uncomfortable. Whereas if it's cold out, you can just hammer fireball and wear snow pants. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What do you guys think about late summer heat, Cam? I'm going to sell it. Um, I, I love the winter. Um, it, I don't know. It's, it's hard. It, it's not a. It's not an easy sell, but being hot sucks. Yeah. Like, you That's can't just walk around naked. No. If it's cold outside, throw on a jacket. Catch a case mm-hmm. if you do that. Yeah. yeah you, can, you can get the perfect kind of temperature depending in the cold, getting the, you know, the right amount of layers on and whatnot. You're not sweating. You're not over the top. I mean, it it depends for me. I guess if we loop this in with humidity, um, with heat, I guess that's probably the kind of the same thing. I'm definitely selling as well. I not necessarily. I don't necessarily mind like when it gets a little hot up, but it's that damn humidity, which uh, typically happens in late summer in Minnesota. So I'm going to loop that in as late yeah, summer heat. Yeah, and that made you that made you puke in the front yard on Sunday morning. I I, I think so. Um, on top of yeah, combination combination of things. Uh, yeah, a running uh, by U.S. Bank Stadium that in the heat and um. Uh, and then a little bit of car sickness. Uh, yeah, maybe just totally fuck. The heat definitely played a factor in that for sure. Just totally yakking in front of the front yard, fertilizing that soil. Yeah. Um, or, or destroying it with my stomach acid, I should yeah, say. Which, yeah, I was going to say. The, the that was Owners crazy. of the house can suck it. Yep, that, that, was, just the, that was just the final straw, the final uh, uh, vandalism we're going to put on their yard. Uh, yeah. On this yard, I guess. Yep. It was on purpose. But yeah, no, I'm selling the heat. I'm selling it too, and it's because a day like yesterday, for example, felt like Florida. It was hot as shit all day, and then it like rained for an hour, and then after it rained, it was even hotter out, but everything was wet, and it was just grosser, so not a fan of Florida in the summer. I've been there, done that, not a fan, and uh, when yesterday reminded me of Florida, I was fully selling summer heat, so I'm out mm-hmm. on it. We're, we're totally Howie from uh, the bench warmers. Right. This late in the summer, we're scared of the sun. Sun, sun bed, safer. Yeah. Just slam the closet door shut. Yeah. Um, the next one we're going to do is uh, Minnesota Arena Football because uh, Arena Football is coming to Minnesota in 2024. And uh, I don't know what our name is going to be. We probably haven't come up with that I yet. I thought it, I don't know. Is, is, are they in Bemidji again? Oh shit! I'm they trying, were I'm trying to look it up. Well, no, they, they better not be. So I think are, it's going to St. Paul. 
Is it? Yeah, I think it's at oh, the X. Really? So that it, would be tight. Well, Arena Football, I think when they used to be here, they were in Bemidji. And they were the Fighting Pike. That's a sweet That, name. yeah, a long time. I think they were another team, too, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, the Fighting Pike. Uh, well, that was of the, so they, yeah, the AFL, the Arena Football League. Yeah. They played at the Target Center, at least in their home opener. The Pike did. Yes. I, I swear Bemidji did, too, way back in the day. That would be fucking random. They have not announced the, the Sanford name. Center. Okay. But I heard a rumor. Bemidji Axemen, yes. That was the most, that was, uh, they, oh, they were part of the indoor football league. Okay. So that's I, what I'm thinking. Yeah, of. I heard a rumor that it's going to be in St. Paul, but. That might be true, but that would be sick. We're definitely going to be there. That'd Especially be so if it goes on during like the summer. What's, they, what's the harm in having it at the yeah. X? They I mean, should, they should call us the Fighting Pike or bring back the Muskies name, which was like the name of like our ABA basketball team in the 60s. All I know is we don't know a lot about arena football in Minnesota right now and what that looks like, but we're going to be very heavily involved and we're going to get like borderline illegally drunk at these games. Yeah. Or, or, or some of us might legitimately try out to be on the team. True. I mean, Almost why like not? A, it's always sunny situation. Yeah, exactly. We're all buying. Have you guys yeah. ever watched arena football? I have. Fantastic. Uh, we I know, we know a guy stores. in the Arena Football League, Craig DeLeg Peterson, yeah. one of the first guests of the show. Yeah, maybe we got to bring him to Minnesota. Absolutely. He's a kicker in that Craig league. Peterson, we should bring him on. Is there, I wonder if there's an expansion process where every team gets, or we get to steal a player well, no, from every the, team. The Arena Football League folded. Yeah. So the arena, it's, the arena Football League is coming back, and they have so many teams, and well, we're included in it this Craig, year. So Craig's involved. They have like the IFL and all these other weird indoor. Okay. Football. So he's a part of that. But he's the, not. But br- it's the same thing. Bring essentially. him. Bring him here. The yeah. Arena Football League was the biggest one. Yes. And, and they even had. Like, I had a video game of the Arena Football League. Actually, yeah, like it they was did. Massive. That's where they hang the goalposts from yep. the ceiling. It was. Have, there's no out of bounds technically. Yeah. The late 2000s, early 2000s, it was really popular. I remember they broadcasted. I swear they broadcasted Iowa Barnstormers. Kurt games. Warner was in the Arena Football League. He right? was. Yeah. They yeah. broadcasted Iowa Barnstormers game. Iowa Barnstormers games and on like Channel Forty Five when I was younger. Yeah. And same with the Bemidji Axemen. Or, or they were they were even know. on ESPN and shit. People would do yeah. Arena Football oh. like fantasy. You yeah. know this is going to be on ESPN Plus on a hungover Sunday in June. I say I, I think it's going to get like regular ESPN time. Like it, the Arena Football League's a like. Well known thing. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was pretty. I was going to say, I don't know why it ever folded because I thought it was pretty popular. I don't know if they just ran out of money or someone was stupid or if it just. It, I think it might have been a COVID thing. Was it running I, up till I then? Think it, like, the AFL was its a, way. Or the XFL got killed by COVID the first time around. Yeah. I think it limped its way. I think. I like thought it was they, losing money. And I then, thought they folded before then, though. Because I didn't really hear anything about them in like the last four years. Oh, they went bankrupt after 2008. Oh, really? Oh, shit. So it's been a long-awaited return then. But then... But then they had other leagues and shit. Oh, okay. So And then they resumed in 2010 and then went bankrupt after 2019. So probably COVID-related. But now it's back. Close to. It's back. It's back. So we're all unanimously buying this one, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Minnesota Arena Football. Just another league of football. I know people might think, loop this in with like... XFL, like, oh, it's eventually going to lose its luster, you know, luster or whatever. But it's coming to Minnesota. We didn't have a team in Minnesota in the XFL or anything. So I'm I'm, I'm all for it right yep. now. See how it goes. Let's see how it goes. All right. Uh, moving on to the Barbie movie, which is oddly getting tied in with Oppenheimer as a movie people are going and seeing. Barbenheimer. I'm, I'm, yeah, right. I'm confused by the whole thing. But uh, the is this the first ever movie that Barbie has ever been featured in? And if so, why has it taken this long to turn one of the most popular 
toy lines in all of time into a, a film. Like Lego cashed in on that. I swear oh. they had a uh um they had a Barbie movie on on Disney like a long time. This, I, this can't be the first it's like one. Adult but Barbie is. Yeah, those is like Margot Robbie. I'm selling, um, just because I'm not a movie guy and I don't like care about Barbie enough to watch it. And I'm also selling like the Oppenheimer thing. It's like a three plus hour movie. Well, it's a historic movie. Cameron. I get that, but like, no. Yeah, I don't. I don't get. I don't get this trend or hype with the Oppenheimer Barbie. It was like one fucking person it's gotta started the trend. It's got to be a marketing skin. Like, I bet Some, you both Bar- people... Barbenheimer? Like, they Some, made those two movies. They said, let's do this. And, well, and, and they're happened. like, we, they, this is exactly what they wanted to do. They wanted this to be like an internet trend. And like, you know what happens with internet trends, right? Like, people feel like they are they have that FOMO if they're not doing it. It's like the Grimace Shake shit and all that stuff. Like, oh, I gotta do it now because the internet's doing it. So people are legitimately doing this Barbenheimer thing. So I just want to see Oppenheimer. I don't give two fucks about Barbenheimer. Yeah, I, 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 there, there, there are people that we know personally that would never see it other, other than because the it's because the internet's telling them to go see it. Like, oh well, everyone's seeing to go see Barbie and Oppenheimer, so I, I gotta go see it. Like, dude, you won't like it. Like, I do, I do love all the memes though of like, yeah, um, a very positive thing happening, but there's a very negative side of it, and then they show the dude from Oppenheimer, the skinny dude who looks like a skeleton. And then, like the positive side is Margot Robbie, all in pink and smiling. Yeah. Well, I would. I will tell you right now, I go see it for Margot Robbie. So. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in on that too. I'll I'll give myself a self bonk on that one, and I'll I'll, I'll uh, up you a bonk as well for that. But yeah, she's very. Yeah, do you bonk. see the dude on Twitter who was getting roasted like last week, saying that she was mid? Yeah. Shut yeah. The, shut the fuck up. Don't that person. She's perfect. Just, she she is literally beautiful. Yeah. She is my celebrity crush. Yep. Jake, Jake's not going to stand up after the show for a little bit. Margot now. Robbie. Yeah, just thinking about it. But otherwise, the concept movie. Yeah. Gross. I'm I'm, uh, I'm I'm selling uh I'm selling the Barbie movie as well, but um never didn't know if Cam was like a secret Barbie guy or something, who knows. Contrary to popular belief, no. Yeah. I love I, how, I love how your reasoning though was I'm not a big movie guy. Not yeah. I'm, I'm not a big Barbie guy. Why well, I I also said like I don't care about Barbie. Yeah. Like, yeah, cool. a lot of it. even though I I didn't think didn't you I got have... one. <laughs> For my birthday. What? Yeah. I was, I was like gonna three say, or four years old. Because... Someone I know has a Barbie or had so, a Barbie. Yeah, I think the story behind it was like, I, I think back and it was really strange, but it, I think like I had all these G.I. Joes, so I don't know if I wanted like my G.I. Joe <laughs> to, Commander like, Duke to have a wife. <laughs> But also the girls, Commander across, what? Like Commander Duke, I think his name was Commander Duke. You're such... the, 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 he was the GI Joe I had, you Commander want, Duke. You wanted, Joe. you wanted Commander Duke to, to I, uh, essentially to, as a four year old so, to take down the Barbie. Also, the fact I'm I'm gonna cut you off because the yeah. fact that you had a Barbie is insane. It, it was insane. I I not gonna. I'll be honest. I played Barbies growing up from time to time, but I had a little sister. Right. right. So well, like you guys the, never this, had to do this. This is the thing, and this is why I probably got influenced to do it is because. The girls across the street, they would always play dolls and stuff or whatever, or the Barbies or whatever, and I would play with G.I. Joes, and I think I wanted to oh, you wanted to weigh play in. with them. And so they're like, you got to get a Barbie. I'm like, okay. And I didn't actually like really want a Barbie or play. I think I wanted to just play with the girls. So like, it's crazy. Because like, I had a crush four, on one of them. I don't know. Four-year-old Jake. uh was, I don't know. Was getting Barbies so he could hang out with the chicks. And yeah. These, these days he's paying. And he's paying for girls' drinks so he can hang out with them. So nothing's really changed. Nothing's changed. And I also think because the GI my GI Joes were lonely. Okay, so they wanted <laughs> yeah. a wife. 
I, I honestly don't even. I honestly think I probably. Hey, I every, uh, what is it? I, I guarantee you. Jake, I don't think I, I don't remember having that Barbie for more than a day though. Jake I was like chucked it. nine years old and broke he it. immediately opened that present and then went into his room and took all the clothes off and just stared at the plastic tits on the Barbie. Yeah, <laughs> and was like, "Whoa!" Is, is, Honestly, is it was that probably all something there is because I have more than that. No, jeez, dude, I, I don't know, dude. It was, Jake, you it was were strange. A, you were probably a fucked up kid. Right? Yeah, <laughs> I was. It was. It was. It was strange. It was. It, I look back on it, but it wasn't. Yeah, I should go see the Barbie movie. That, just because. That was one of those hilarious moments on the show where. Like we were talking about Barbies, and I'm like, oh, I remember like one of my friends just told me they had a Barbie mm-hmm. growing up, and then it clicked in the perfect moment. And I was like, it was fucking Jake, yeah. and he's sitting I right next to me. I was about, to, I was about to say it, so it's it's not <laughs> okay. putting it out there. It wasn't when I was like eight or nine. It was like I was like four, but still, I Fair I enough. don't know why. I don't know the whole reasoning behind it, but it wasn't. I know it wasn't because like I want to get into Barbies. I love Barbies. It was just I wanted a Barbie. <laughs> to, I don't know. You so, went from playing with Barbies in elementary school to smoking Swisher sweets in middle school. Dude, fuck yeah, dude! <laughs> it's a but badass kid. I it, that that was the only Barbie thing I got ever, and it, it compared to my hundreds of GI Joes, <laughs> hundreds you can't and Jedi so figures. And, I could just picture your mom and dad Christmas shopping for you, and Wally's just like, "Why are we buying a Barbie? I don't you think no I don't daughter. Even, I don't think to this day I don't even think he knows." <laughs> Your mom just handed you the Yeah, I think she like, just handed me a present for my birthday. Table. I don't know. That, I, no, that, I'm trying to think back. I don't know why I wanted one. That's, a, no that's a pretty relatable parent dynamic in the Midwest where, like, your mom is such a sweetheart that she just wants to do anything she know. can to make her son happy. All the way to the point where she will lie to her husband about what she's buying her children because she knows well, your, your dad would be like, we're getting him a baseball bat. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I had, like, this neighborhood, like girl i'd hang out with a lot i don't know if i liked her i think she influenced me and i'm like okay it was like the it was like it doesn't i'd be you know just be like now you uh, the uh, hot girl would be like buy me a drink okay right you should get a barbie okay at four like, years old here's my bank account routing number drain all of it yep exactly that's the version of buying the barbie at four years old fair, to impress fair the enough girl. that yeah. had to be a reason behind it i honestly don't know yeah. but all i remember is i didn't have that for more than like a week I don't yeah. even know where it went. Yeah. You just still have it in your room. I, I don't know. I, have to, I honestly will have to ask my mom about that. Like, what happened to that thing? Did I burn it or like, like, ter- like your, terrorize your, it? Your dad definitely burned it when he found out that his son owned it. Yeah, I, I gotta, I gotta ask him about that to see if he. That I don't actually, think he knows. He's about gonna be it. like Jake. This is why you what? were you were the only brother in your family not to serve in the Marines. What? Yeah, because you, you, you own the Barbie. Yeah. My, this is funny. Like, because this obviously was back in the day. Where it's more inclusive now, so don't think my dad is a sexist. But he found out that I was playing Barbies with my sister at like my grandma's house because that's where our like Uh-oh. daycare was. And he just like immediately drives to Walgreens and bought me a shit ton of army guys. <laughs> He's like, play with these. He Do was this. Just pissed. Oh, Do man. this so you don't turn he out was fucked so up. So mad. <laughs> I gotta see if like Commander Duke was an actual. All right, while, while you're looking that up, let's move on to uh, Duke. Yeah, Duke is field commander and second in command of the G.I. Joe team after Hawk. Team after Hawk. Well, Jake, awesome. you got you got him laid, so he owes you one. I, I, yeah, he did get he did get laid, and uh, <laughs> there was a part of me back then that, that thought like Toy Story vibes that they were alive after I'd walk out of the you're room. You're gonna wake so. up and they're just pounding in your yep. room. Yeah, I did hear some strange noises now back. Yeah. I thought it was maybe my house was haunted, but yeah. maybe not. Uh, we got two more. We got a uh, Johan Duran's walkout song. Buying it, it's electric. Mm-hmm. We got to watch Fire. it in person on Saturday. Yeah, it's great. Fire. It's it's it, no trumpets, but because the Edwin Diaz trumpet yeah. thing is the best. But he's not playing this year, so no, he's not. But it is great. 
Uh, so like earlier in the year, I took a video of like the whole entrance thing and I tweeted like from the 10K account said like better than the trumpets and Twitter just blew oh, up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. was obviously a joke, but no, I'm definitely buying it. Okay, Jake. Yeah, I am as well. I think it's fantastic. I love the fire and the and the flames that came up on the screen with that music. I mean, what's the song again? I know it's like a Vegas song. Well, it's like there's like three different songs in it. So right, I but uh, well, the one that was like the last one that played that was it's, most prominent that I, I was like humming to it. I'm like, dude, fuck yeah. Yeah, listen, listen, uh, really quick. I noticed that. Listen to this video. You can literally hear Jake like, meh, 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 like singing da, to it. Da, da, da. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm humming to it for sure. Humming to Here, it I'll, I'll at pl- the end. I'll, pl- I'll play the I'll play the fucking video. Just listen for Jake's voice. Yep, you'll be yep, able to hear it. Yep. That's Paypos, isn't it? it sounds so. like Paypos. <laughs> That's fire. Uh, so I don't know if it's for sure Paypos, but there's, it has the same. Like, there's no Paypos in it, but but that um, that has like close to that, the same. That idea. that that song. It's called. It's technically better off alone. It's yeah, like right. Uh, yeah, yeah. You better off. That's right. Do, do, that's do, a Vegas that's, song. Uh, that's technically like I think Swedish House or some mm. shit. But Swedish that's whatever. a good Swedish song. House Mafia. I will say though, I'm obviously gonna buy it as well. But what I will say is there has been a better walk up song in Minnesota with the Flames, and it there was is. Glenn Perkins when he would when he was when he would walk out. It was with the flames, but it was cut you down by Johnny Cash. Yes, yes that, that was, was beautiful. And it was, was way better. I mean, this was cool too, but like. He would walk out a lot slower, and it would be to a badass Johnny Cash song, and it like gave you goosebumps. I uh, I can't remember what his, even the song was, but his energy and like the song and everything was just electric. It was Fernando Rodney? Yeah, yeah, yes. I was his about, was so good. There was a, there was like an electricity uh, line around the fascia of the stadium on the screen. It was like yeah. or something like it was like some really heavy kind of EDM stuff. That was really sick. Yeah, and he had a good vibe with them. He obviously wasn't the best, but. Yeah, it's kind of funny that like one of our best closers in history, Joe Nathan, didn't have like an electric yeah. walkout. He, did, he didn't need back. it though. I'm trying to think back to the dome. I don't think so. I didn't, and, and the dome didn't really have the atmosphere, atmosphere no, to we, do it. We they had didn't have the speakers. We had, like or one scoreboard. We had one scoreboard from 1982. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it didn't even have pictures on it. It was just all light bulbs. Yeah, yeah. And I think it would just be like I don't know if it was just get up and shout or something. I know they played a song, but someone on the comments of that video of the of the Yoan Duran's walkout, this video from this weekend, that get put. Like blast from the past, like me- memories started coming out when someone said uh, uh, Matt Caps from twelve years ago was electric. I'm like, I don't remember his walk up, but Matt Caps or whatever. Yeah. Holy shit! I can't believe he was our he was our closer. This is Fernando Rodney's. Yeah, was this with the twins? Yeah. It's a shitty quality, but not one Hold on, it'll get there. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then, then the bass drops. Oh yeah. It just kept going like that was electric. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. And it was like electricity was on the screen and yeah, I'm still I'm still cool. buying this though. I'm glad yeah. we, I'm glad we have a we have a pitcher back in the in the lineup with a dope ass walkout. And he actually for the most part can save games. We actually have two of them. Jorge Lopez is sick as well. Like it's, it's not yeah. as good. I can't remember I, the song, but I just remember being there. It's it's actually pretty good. I actually I'll have to try to. Well, I guess we won't know until we're there if Jorge Lopez is going to close unless we know Yon Duran is injured. But I got to yeah. see that then. And yeah, he'll do it even when he doesn't come in to close. Okay. Yeah. Oh really? Okay. Well, they do do that for some relievers, don't mm-hmm. 
Because every they're popular every, enough. every reliever has a song, right? But they don't have like the graphics and stuff and like the, that. But yeah, Lopez aesthetic. and Duran both do. Okay, well, yeah. I'll have to be. I'll have to be. Uh, you got to earn that, that though. Colome doesn't get a fucking doesn't oh, get a song. No, I think he did no. it first, and then they're just like, "Fuck you, like, no, yeah. guys, stop." Does Emilio Pagan have a song? <laughs> Shouldn't. No, it should he be should the not have Saint Paul Saints theme song. He should not. There should be no song. Should be like a. It should be like a high school rouser. Yeah, he should just be out of the league. Should be like a picture of the Wichita wind surge. Yeah, yeah. double H. <laughs> yeah, they should just shut off actually all the lights or not all the lights. Just shut off the the, the screen should just go dark and everything should just or or it should just read a simple phrase and says this is your time to get up and go to the bathroom. Yeah, or if you need no. another beer, go now. Go now. It's about to get ugly. Mm-hmm. Seriously, cover your children's eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, the final one on here for buy or sell. Justin Thomas at the 3M Open. He will be playing in this week's 3M Open. A lot of us saw this coming. At least. Folks who watch golf week to week because he was kind of on the bubble of points. He's not had the best year of his career. He uh, his his Ryder Cup spot is actually kind of a question mark right now, which is bananas. I mean, I think he'll still get selected, but this guy needs points and he needs to prove that he can do it. So, thankfully, JT has had such a bad year that it has pushed him to go to the 3M Open, and uh, who knows, he could win it. Are you guys gonna buy or sell JT at the 3M? I'll buy. It's good for the tournament. Uh, just to have a household name like that, I'm really excited to see him miss the cut, though. Yeah, yeah, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm buying it for the atmosphere and just having him there. It's just going to create more, you know, better energy there. I'm buying it in terms of I'm going to bet on him to win. I don't know. I think we we talked about it on our betting show last week. Um, you know, I think he'd be a good top ten, top twenty bet. But in terms of just him being there, unbelievable. He is JT. Let's remember that. You can criticize him for this year. He is the JT. I mean, he hangs out with fucking Ricky Fowler and Jordan Speed. They were just at Wimbledon the other week. They, he's a he's a stud. Yeah, he's in full swing too. Yeah. He's a PGA multiple PGA champion. Uh, he's won the U.S. Open. Yeah, uh, a PGA championship. Just the PGA, and I think he's two time. Yeah, because he won like 2018 when he was like a rookie, right? I or forget or, that. Or, that's or, the or only rookie. it's the only major he's won, but he's won it twice. Interesting. I don't know. It, it's yeah, strange. I'll, I'll buy it as well, although I'll say you should also sprinkle some money for him to miss the cut because since this tournament has been a PGA event, there's usually one or two of the biggest names in the tournament who just missed the cut by a ton. Traditionally, that's uh, that's Dustin Johnson's title of like show up, be the biggest name, miss the cut by a million, be gone by Friday night. I could see JT kind of doing that, but I could also see him being top 10. So mm-hmm. I would say... Put money on both ends of the spectrum. I there. could also see Fowler missing the cut. I don't going think back he's to in the tournament. I thought he I don't was. Think he's not playing. Oh, he's not. He doesn't need to. I he's, thought he, he said he was. He's top ten. He doesn't need to. He was going to up until his recent success. Probably. Oh, he was for sure playing. This was his. This was a tournament he needed up to until, play. Up until up until like the uh, what was the tournament he really broke out? It was like the U.S. Open. U.S. Open. He would have been down to play up until that point. Yeah, I, I, yeah, he was playing okay. He was playing better up to that point than he was the year before, but he was still like, I probably need to play the 3M Open because it's only top 70 now, but I don't right. think he needs to play because he's top 20. Right. So, Well, if you're going to be at the 3M Open this week, come hang out with us in the Stilly Party Deck. We'll be there every day but Friday because Friday we're at a bigger golf tournament, the uh, 10K Invitational. Mm-hmm. And if you're listening and you're going to be at the Invitational, by the way, some raffle prizes, a shit ton of tickets to various sporting events from the Twins to the Vikings, ringside WWE, tickets to the 3M, the Stilly Party Deck, and also a new addition to the list of raffled items, an entire stick signed by the Minnesota Wild team. Sorry, a stick signed by the entire Minnesota Wild team on behalf of Wild Bites MN, but... 
Folks, that just about does it for another episode of It's a Bit. Thank you so much for supporting us. As always, make sure to sign up for Underdog. Use promo code 10K. Your first deposit doubled. Start playing with us today. And uh, also check out the Vikings merch. It's launching launching a day after this podcast launches, 10ktakesmn.com. Click the shop tab. While you're there, listen to some of the other podcasts in the network. Read the blogs. There's a lot of awesome stuff coming out on that. But this has been another episode of It's a Bit, folks. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next week.